To the hedonites of Slanesh, the mortal realms are a canvas ripe for their depraved attentions. With each artful blade stroke and clawed caress, they seek to please their deity, the Dark Prince of Chaos. Slanesh was born from obsession and vice, and the rewards for serving him are both the most exquisite pleasures and blissful agonies. Yet those who earn his favor soon find it to be an ashen feast, an empty chalice, for always more is demanded by this rapacious deity. Driven ever onwards by hungers never to be slaked, the Hedonites take to the battlefield as wild, shrieking carnivals, bringing painful death and eternal torment to any with the misfortune of crossing their path. But all is not well in the Dark Prince's court. Slanesh's throne sits empty, the god captured by the vengeful elven pantheon. The Hedonites wail at their master's absence, even as they thrill at the intensity of their grief. Some search for Slanesh, rampaging across the realms at blistering speed in pursuit of clues to his whereabouts. Others seek to attain the mantle of divinity for themselves, attracting throngs of supplicants to sate their egomania for a time. Then there are those who continue to reeve and ravage as they have always done, concerned only with the pursuit of their darkest vices. With each vile act, the Hedonites empower their lost patron, and a day is coming where Slanesh will be strong enough to reclaim the sinful throne. On that day, the children of the Dark Prince will cavort across the ruins of all that is sane and pure and usher in an age of divine mania that will last until the stars burn cold. Rejoice, waifs and wastrels. Scream, sinners and supplicants. Cry wanton havoc and let ecstatic madness reign for the Hedonite hosts come. Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next two or three hours. Gonna do the best I can to keep you informed, entertained, and have a few laughs along the way. That's right. Bringing you obsession, addiction, and excess. I'm David Whitek, and here with me, as always, is Lindsay, the Albino Canadian hockey puck. Say hi, Lindsay. That's right, Lindsay. I do have a guest host with me today to talk about the Hedonites of Slanesh. And uh, that, no, you don't have to do a thing. You just have to be your pretty self and be here to keep me company, and you'll be just fine. All right, folks, so I do have a guest host coming today, friend of the show, uh, first time friend of the uh, person on the show, whatever you call it. It's the first time on the show. All right, hot start. I got you. Shut up. All right, uh, let's cover all the stuff we got to cover before we go to break, and then we'll take a break, and then we're going to come back, and then we are going to talk all things Slanesh. First of all, I'd like to take take a chance to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, that is Chaos Org Superstore, Chaos Org Superstore, Chaos Org Superstore, Chaos Org Superstore, Six Squared Studios for all your basing needs, and Grognard Games, because there's always something happening at Grognards. That's right, Grognards, Chaos Org, and Six Squared Studios. Oh, so good. Uh, and I'm so excited because Grognards, now you can, you actually, guys, I know this isn't commercial time yet, but... Uh, I believe you can reserve table time at Grognards. Like, the restrictions have been eased up enough where you can actually reserve some table time for some gaming. Um, so, if you're in the area, uh, Roselle, Illinois, not too far from Schaumburg, Illinois, not too far from Garage Hammer Studios, um, you too could be gaming right now if you wanted to. Uh, 
what else? Patreon sponsors, of course, always want to thank our Patreon patrons, those people who make this show and all the other things that we do with it possible. Uh, those people who think that a free show is actually worth money and whom I love more than they'll ever know. Uh, thank you to all of the present, past, and future Patreon sponsors, but especially our associate producers, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, AJC, Opie, and Big Jake. And I want to thank Big Jake for, again for coming on last episode. I'm hoping that some of the other associate or executive producers might uh, might uh, want to do the same with uh, their armies, um, especially if any of them play Daughters of Cain. Hint, hint, because um, we'd be doing that one next. Uh, also, our executive producers, Colin Miller and Alex Graham, and our newest patrons, Graham Seabrook, William A. Scott, and Chad Strunk. It's, uh, it's uh, uh, a cornucopia of, of new patrons uh, flooding in um, to, to help out the show and make this show as good as I can make it with their uh, financial assistance. So thank you all for becoming part of the almost 1% who make this show and all of it possible. Uh, also, voicemail. Haven't gotten any voicemail since we recorded last. But if you wanted to leave a voicemail, you could. All you got to do is call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. International callers dial 00. Then 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Call. Leave me a voicemail. I love voicemail. You know I love voicemail. And now that I'm like the solo guy again, like your voices crying out from the ether uh, really keep me uh, warm at night. Um, yeah, I, I seriously. Just go and leave a voicemail. Any voicemail. I love the voicemail. Um, all right. So, wow, that's quick. You know, and I have nobody to jibber jabber with. I guess we get right to the meat of things. So we're going to take our quick break. And when we get back, um, we are going to jump right into Heat Nights of Slanesh with my special guest host and talk all about this pretty darn clever book. Ah, uh, you know, what a surprise. I like the book. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we're back. We are back with Slanesh. Yes. Heat Nights of Slanesh. And I am here with my good friend Jerry. Jerry, say hi to the audience. Hello, audience. This is uh, wonderful to be able to come to you today to share the beautiful words of our dark prince. <laughs> 
Now, Jerry, I met Jerry. Jerry uh, actually was a friend of, of Harrison's first uh, th- when Harrison was working at uh, Unique Gifts and Games, and that was still open. Jerry was mm-hmm. a regular at the store. Yeah. I mean, and by regular, a few more minutes in the store, he would have been one of the tables. <laughs> so, um, Jerry, tell everyone about how you got into Warhammer and uh, why Slanesh. Why that's your thing. So, as far as Warhammer, I my original encounter with Games Workshop dates back to I think I would have been like eight or nine okay and I and I I had a friend who wandered into a games workshop store and uh, because of a, a Lord of the Rings display and I and he he got into it and and you know dragged all of uh all of his other friends to to the games workshop store because we, I mean we That's were all that works we were all obsessed with with Lord of the Rings and you know um but the the stuff that really caught my eye was was 40k and and eventually fantasy fantasy as well um and so i played 40k for in like fourth and fifth was mostly when i was playing and i sort of got out of it for a while okay um and then recently got back into it in the past you know few years and it's mostly been dabbling i i much prefer the lore to the the actual tabletop game which is <laughs> far too expensive for my blood <laughs> but the lore is is without par and I, I i do enjoy doing a lot of the miniatures and, and stuff as well when i uh oh sure yeah definitely um as for slanesh i think that slanesh is by far w- the most interesting of the chaos gods that's not to say the others are not interesting they all have their you know very interesting things but i think the remit of Slanesh as far as what is within his domain is so broad compared to any of the other gods. If you look at Corn, there's a lot of different takes you can do on Corn, but at the end of the day, it is going to be murder and blood and skulls and killing and fighting, you know, and, and whether that is a blood-soaked berserker or, you know, a shining general of, of men, at the end of the day, it's still murder, killing, blood for the blood god, skulls for the skull throne. Yep. And and then you you know same thing with with Nurgle and Zinch you know Nurgle is always going to be boils and pustules and decay and disease in the cycle and, and Zinch is always going to be magic and tentacles and betrayal, but and, and, and to a certain extent Slanesh does have that you know there's the the sex drugs and rock and roll BDSM kind of thing, but ultimately Slanesh is about excess, and anything can be done to excess exactly. You you know it's any anything that can be done can be done to excess and you know it's not like you sneaking out to have a thing of chocolate cake that's that's not really Slanesh's dig it's when you start to that's eat that's the start of it right though. and that and that's and that's how interest that's why it's so interesting is because it's those little tentacles they worm their way and you don't see them until it's way too late mm-hmm. you know it starts off with a piece of of cake and. Well, let's say maybe you're on a diet, and you're really probably not supposed to be going out to get cake, but, you know, a piece now and then isn't going to hurt you. But when it starts to do become a thing you do every night, and you're on a diet with, let's say, your wife, and then your neighbor who talks to your wife every day sees you down there buying a cake, and then you're forced to make a choice, well, you can't let your marriage fall apart, so you have to do something about the neighbor. And they saw you, and they they said hi to you down at the the bakery, and so then you you know murder them in an alley to, <laughs> to protect. And that and that's when Slanesh grabs you. That's when you have sort of betrayed your other morals in order to feed your vice. 
that's when Slanesh really grabs hold and doesn't let go until the very bitter, bloody, painful end. And I, I think that that's just fantastically interesting, both from a sort of uh, storytelling standpoint, but also from the standpoint of just the modeling and and conversion possibilities. I'm very big on, on like converting models and stuff. I think that that's really uh, the artistry that is involved in in the hobby is is fantastic. I mean, it's it's really without without peer in any other hobby that I know of. Yeah, no, the the, the, the these models, these new models, everything in oh, this, everything beautiful. in this line is fantastic. They're, it's just they're so amazing. Good. I you know I, I I there's a couple of models I don't like in the Slanesh range, but all of the all of the new stuff is amazing, and most of the old stuff is amazing. <laughs> So let's uh, let's let's dive into the book here. Absolutely. Now, you, the the themes that are running through this whole book, you've got power and obsession and addiction and excess. And what I find really interesting is the basic, the the the. the the, the and we'll get into more into this in more detail as we as we dig into the book, but you've got this whole idea of just Slanesh and where his power base is and how he works. And after Slanesh has gutted glutted himself on the elves from the world that yes. was, he it, Slanesh for a time was the most powerful of the chaos gods Without at that question. point. Um, and as the as these eight realities of the mortal realms come into being, um, Slanesh sees eight future realms ripe for corruption and eons of new experiences that he can stave off the ennui and the boredom. So he sends his minions in, and this is what's so great. He sends them in, like you said, they're not coming in as brutal conquerors. No, no. They're quiet corruptors moving in, enticing the mortal realms uh, to, to his call. And soon it says he has control of the greatest portion of the mortal realms. And it yes. remains that way until the elven god, most of the elven gods and one of their mothers, yeah. combine forces and conceive this grand plan to trap him. And as we all know, his forces have been on the shallow end of the great game yes. ever since. Yes. But it was just, it's okay. Slanesh always came across to me as sort of the... The redheaded stepchild of the ex- four of the four. Ex- I was going to say excluding the great horned rat. Who? Well, everyone everyone <laughs> hates the great horned rat. Like everyone looks down yeah. on him. Like like it's so funny because uh, even Archeon uses them when he needs them, but he hates them. Like of he course. doesn't even want to use them. No. He's like you guys, like you look at the power. He he never asked for power from the horned rat. Absolutely, like, that's a joke not. to him. Why uh, Why would you? It is right. a recipe for disaster. Even right. you know the great horned rat is is cowardly and treacherous to a degree that even Zinch would find abhorrent. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because Zinch, I, you know, Zinch is really cool and powerful, um, but his, you know, it, it's just so, because I just, I feel like Corn and Nurgle are pretty straightforward. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you read from them and it's like, well, everything's got to die and decay, and so Nurgle's got that, and then it kind of get locks it into that right. spot of decay. Corn, as long as things are killing things, Corn has power, which is why in the history of the great game, he's been on top the longest. Yes. Because it doesn't really matter who's dying. It, it, as long as blood is... It matters not from whence the blood flows so long as it does. Exactly. And historically, it always has. And then you've got Zinch, and Zinch is one that... It's funny because Zinch, like, never... I never feel like he really threatens the great game 
uh, like like there's parts where he's got these huge plans to take over, but somehow he's always like he's always messing it up for himself, like in ways I just don't understand because of that seeing forward and backward in time and knowing all these things and having all of these you know all of these grand plans and, and twists and turns. It's just like he's he's messing himself up. Well, because fundamentally, at least in in my sort of interpretation, and I, that's one of the things I really like about the Chaos Gods is that they are so open for interpretation as to their exact nature because uh-huh. they are essentially ephemeral concepts. Zinch can never win because to win would mean that the plan is complete, and Zinch is the plan and the planning. And if you win, that's over. It, yeah, it's just he's it's such a. He, I, I don't quite get Zinch. Like I, I, I want to look at that book again at some point. I'm hoping that he kind of gets an update yeah, yeah. because I would like to sit and read it again because I tell you what, I've, I've always sort of poo-pooed Slanesh as... And then when the last book came out, I got a better idea of him. Yeah. But it's sort of like, you know, he is. He's the youngest. Right now he's cap. He's the only one who's been captured. He's literally not even playing a part in the great game by and large, although right. we, we'll get into that and there's kind that, of it. And, and even before like back in 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 Warhammer Fantasy it it was always yes they're fast and there's this 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 uh like you, you like the stuff you pointed out uh, but it's it just they always felt like okay they're very fast and they're very uh, fluid and they're sort of glass cannony and they're really trying to do excess and they're trying to corrupt people from within but when you start to read this and see the depths to which it goes yeah. this gets really interesting it gets like, very interesting I was taking a lot of notes me, in this one me too you know no, the I think part of the problem with that is that so much of Slanesh's niche can't really be portrayed on the tabletop uh, because you know, you know, Zinch has the magic. Corn has the the hacking and the slashing, and Nurgle has the over like the, the just resilience the and the resilience and the will to live. But Slanesh is is the dark thoughts that you have while you lie awake at night, and I, there's not which a is where great it, it comes across to, in that that's almost like a seeking of perfection. Yes, like they're the fastest and the most elegant, and there's there's a character they mention in here who um, is no she won't kill two enemies with the same technique. Yes, you know yes. because everything's got to be different and changing. Um, it 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 translates the. Uh, most poorly, I think, very to, much the, so. to the very tabletop game. Very much so, absolutely. Almost, uh, it translates almost as poorly as Space Marines. Uh, yes, And I always 100%. use that as my example because yes. I love the Space Marines, but they talk about a hundred of them coming down and pacifying a planet. Right. And on the and tabletop, that's just not how it works. No, God, no. And, and you know, you have to, there, there has to be the split because, frankly speaking, if Space Marines, there's more people who play Space Marines than there are <laughs> canonically Space Marines in the galaxy. Honestly, there are probably more people who play Space Marines on the North American continent than there are Space Marines in the galaxy. But and it, you know, and I understand that you have to have that sort of split between the lore. Well, it's got to be playable, right? But this right. is the one that gets, like you said, it 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 doesn't translate no. as well. Yeah. I think to the tabletop. I mean, the concept, the you know, the 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 uh, the lawnmowers that yes. they use as chariots yes. and stuff like that. There's all these concepts behind them are great, but if you don't like, when you walk up and you see corn, like you said, you know what's happening. You know what corn. When you see Zinch and you see the wizard, you know what's happening. When you see the Nurgle, the zombie just coming forward and taking a beating, you know what's happening. Yeah. Then you see Slanesh, and you're like, wow, they're really fast and they're really sleek and they're kind of pretty and gross at the same time. And right, it's, it's it like yeah, I agree with you 100. percent The translation's a little weird. Um. Now, 
the 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 this intro, this first couple of pages where they give you before they get to the the history, when they start just kind of giving you that that basic idea of Slanesh, and you've already sort of touched on that, where yes. where it gets into you, and it's like you know you have a you, it gets into all your secret vices yes. and all of your things yes. that you shouldn't be doing. You know, sometimes you just have it as a little reward here and there, but then yeah. instead of an instead of a, a, a you know maybe a reward you know that you have once in a great while. Now it becomes a daily, then it yes. becomes constantly, then yes. it becomes now it's a problem and now you're hiding it. And all yes. of this sort of builds up. What I thought was interesting was as I'm reading this, uh, it gets up to the point where those who commit murder or shatter sacred taboos in the name of their obsession complete their sinister transformation to a Sybarite, a mortal warrior, the Dark Prince, which you had just talked about. I, I, I also had that that notated as just such a, a potent encapsulation of what it means to be a worshiper of Slanesh. It's it's to fall down into yes. addiction to the point where everything else, even other lives, mean nothing to you. Um, I, I like this, though. Uh, their destiny from then on is to cavort alongside fiends and monsters in the service of a gloating, uncaring god until they lie torn and forgotten by the wayside. Slanesh does not care no. about any of his followers no. he does not care about i mean the d the, and, and this is something that i had i tried i had to explain this to someone recently they were asking about the game and i said all of his demons because oh, someone asked me how we knew slanesh was alive before that because it was like a long time before touches, the book came out and said the, that he was trapped yes and i said well if he disappeared all of his demons would disappear because and like why i'm like because they're literally they are of parts him. of him. Yeah, he is just sending and it, out. Little... And it touches that on on that in this in this book that that the that the demons know for certain Slanesh is alive and somewhere because they're still here, right? Because if they if Slanesh weren't, then they wouldn't be here to ask that question, right? But he but like corn corn cares about you know corn doesn't I don't think cares about you, but he does care about strength and power. And as yes. long as you're strong and powerful, you know there's something there. Nurgle loves all his yes, children. He's grandfather Nurgle. He cares for them, and he wants to see them grow. And Zinch is enjoying it. And Slanesh just every time you read in this, he doesn't care. You might interest him. You might become a plaything for a while. You might become something he he finds fascinating for a few moments. But Slanesh is the ultimate narcissist. Slanesh cares about Slanesh. Slanesh. And, you know, just like somebody who is spiraling into their darkest vices, mm -hmm. they're willing to lie and cheat and steal in order to feed themselves and their vice and their ego. Everybody starts becoming tools for you to use and play things for you mm -hmm. and and just ways for you to get at that vice that is what the followers of slanesh are to slanesh yeah exactly they, are, they at the end of the day the old slanesh does if slanesh could get away with having no followers and still be as entertained as having followers slanesh wouldn't care about followers it's kind of interesting. His followers basically become like little mirror images of him. Yes. Where they yes. only care about themselves and their vices and the next big fix. Yes. Um, what I thought was interesting, and we had just, like last episode we covered um, Slaves to Darkness. Yes. And one of the things that I hadn't thought about until I was reading this book is you only get chaos spawn in Slaves to Darkness. 
Yes. Like yeah. it's human followers of all the different like but, but they can follow any of the gods. They can do all mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. But like the, and they get rewards and they get uh you know things. But it was like when you get into these books, like the mortal followers of Slanesh don't ever get turned into spawn. No, because Although, that would destroy their but, ego but and that's what Slanesh is after. Th- neither does Corn or Nurgle. It's weird because in that book you can follow a specific god and you can still wind up turning into a spawn on yes, the Eye of the yeah, Gods table, yeah. you know? But in here, none of that happens. In fact, one of the things I really liked in the reading was the next part where it talked about how their mutations all, every one of them, amplify their senses. Yes. Elongated nostrils or like that Lord Voldemort, like not a nose, just slits. Or larger, uh, more protuberant eyes that see yes. better, or the ears. Yes. Um, and that one, that one is it Shalaxi, Shalaxi Helpe, who those, has the antenna the, and all the stuff that I yes. thought was like a big. Uh, I thought that it's, was like a big headdress. No, it's and not it's like, hair. It's to feel out it can, her it, her targets. Yeah. So it's like all of these things amplify. So yes. every every gift of Slanesh, you get every mutation. It is very purposeful. It's very. It's very focused on your senses, even those claws. Yes, they I mean, are to better feel the kill, yeah. and not having some, you know, third-party sword get in the way of feeling the blood. Right, and not only are they clipping up and cutting with the claws, but for for being a hardened, almost like a crab claw, yeah. they can feel every yes. bit through it. It's not. It's it's not without. Uh, nerves and sensory input. There is nothing so horrifying to a follower of Slanesh as the concept of sensory deprivation. Which they actually mention in here is the one place that some of them can't follow. Like Shalaxi Helbane, I think, was reading it, or it was one of these guys who chased yeah. their everywhere. It's like, the, the only op- place that they really can't find it is where there is no sensory input, where those cowardly Iden yeah. have hide. <laughs> and I was just like, oh! Yes, yes. And But they're right, because that's it, it, that would be that is the, the anti- worst for right. them. Well, that is the antithesis of what Slanesh is. Slanesh is the constant input and the constant seeking of new, and where the... The the Ideneth are it's nothing it's darkness uh-huh. and and it is the same sensation as it has always been and as it always will be and that is the the conceptual antithesis of Slanesh. It's such a great idea and a total sidetrack here. I don't know if you read any of the Dune books. I've I'm familiar with them. I have not read. I'm on book six that. or seven. I'm reading the series again, and I'm on book like six or seven at the moment. And they have these things called golas, which are basically clone they take your cells and they make a clone of you and as they raise it eventually they're able to they they reach you to a point of pain or some sort of some sort of crisis that like uh, of your past life that basically unlocks in your cells all of your memories of your past life which is this cool concept yeah i only bring it up because there was this one character that they were torturing to try to bring him to a point of crisis to bring him back but the guy was a psychopath and a sadist and so as they tortured him, it wasn't working. And that they did was they brought him in, and they go, and he's like, what is this? And they, he's like, what are you, tr-? and he was just so dismissive because they kept, I mean, they, they almost killed him a couple of times. They tortured him so bad, but he liked it. Yeah. He was a bit of a masochist as well, yes, right? yeah. They put him in a sensory deprivation tank and just left him in there until he lost it, and it broke him, and it brought back all his memories. And I was like... Oh, I can yes. see how someone who yes. is such a hedonist. Yes. And and that's partially why the god the the elven gods plus Marathi who 
is or is not a god. She is at the moment, no, although not how she planned. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit up in the air at the moment. And that that's why their choice of doing it right on the border of light and shadow, where they essentially cancel each other out, where it evens out to nothing. It's in the gloaming. Yes. It's not bright, it's not dark, and it's... Oh, it just is, and it's perfect from a, like... It is a perfect metaphor, and metaphor is what you're dealing with when you're dealing with magic and chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is in here? Oh, they talk about how they're usually lithe and pale of skin, favoring the most expensive gems, metals, and silks, even wearing tanned human skin as fine leather or cloaks of stitched together and still functioning organs. Now, first of all, cloaks of still functioning organs <laughs> is, is really gross. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm impressed how... They managed to keep this book basically PG thirteen. I am as well. Because Maybe I mean it's so, things little little things like that you read. It, it, it's pushing the envelope on it. Yeah, but for for an R rated enemy, almost yes. an okay. Let's put it this way: for an X rated oh enemy. Oh God, yes. Um, for them to keep it to a point where the some of the descriptions are PG thirteen at at best. And and we're on the tabletop. The new models they've managed to, because they used to have exposed breasts and things like that on some of the old models. And well, now, as they're trying to keep it more for kids, it's like, oh, I mean, we the, can't do that. To some extent, they. I mean, the fiends still do. the The Orsus Glutus guy has has his massive. Well, that's that's just yeah. a man flabs right yeah. there. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, it's it's they've managed to make the models look interesting and seductive and androgynous yes and still have that feel without going into something that parents might object to you know immediately upon looking at it what it's implying without them having to ever say it and the same is true with the book itself because you when you know when you read about his sort of circle of pleasure you you know what they mean when they say you know cavorting and sensual right. without them having to come outright and with, say with, yes and it, and it and it's 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 i give him credit for that oh it's God, well yes. done it's, because that's not an easy line to walk no and it would be so easy and cheap to just like sex drugs and rock and roll this thing but they they make the very purposeful decision to, to just, make it excess <laughs> and pleasure and pain yes. and go with these 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 basic very basic yes. concepts which any of those other things fit into correct without naming them and and it lets you extrapolate it out you mm-hmm. you understand you your brain will take it to the logical extreme and I like that they wearing human skin as or leather I think that would probably hey. That's the rarest and probably the finest of all leathers. If you want the, yep. I mean, if you're talking about it, I yep. mean, I mean, I, we see leather of all sorts of animals. I've never seen I, human skin. Le- I, like not well. I mean, it, you you know, unless yeah. you go to some weird things. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you don't. Re- I mean, that's. I mean, I suppose if you're looking for something rare and super, you know, well, supple. Not, not only rare and supple, and but taboo. Yeah, because to possess it is an act of transgression. Because normally you're not supposed to skin and you know skin your neighbor to wear him as a hat. <laughs> exactly. And by doing that, you have again further pushed yourself down this path of of excess and of seeking out new 
and interesting uh, sensations, and that is what Slanesh desperately wants you to do. Yep, and there's two other things in here in the, in the intro that I, that I really found were, really stood out to me. Was um, what, The thing that always fascinates me is that they are not good-looking. They are ugly. They are sort of hideous. They are horrific to look upon. But somehow alluring to the mortal eye yes. like and it part of that is the musk and the thing like that and part of it is just like slender naked limbs entwine in languid gestures as the demons frolic and slink there's all of your really yes. well well yes. written ways of saying this stuff those who prove weak-willed will find themselves stumbling half days into the waiting arms of the hedonites believing they'll experience a pleasure like no other but then they get their heads chopped off and that's always Which fascinating is me. a pleasure like no other if because not for you then for the one doing the slicing <laughs> And because once again, they go into that whole thing. The older models didn't used to look like the faces weren't so hideous. Yes, yeah. They were more attractive demons. Yes. Now they're kind of not attractive no. demons. Um, and you look at them, you're like, wow, but no, because this is what this is. And it's right, just, right. it's this corrupt, disgusting, it's 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 so sweet, it's gross. Yeah, it's, it's that sort of strange fascination you know when something smells kind of weird but and you're like, like what is that and you keep sniffing it <laughs> you're right and it's it's like that but but visually and yeah. and probably smells and auditorially and sensory it's 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 exotic and different and and therefore very attractive to the kind of people that slanesh feeds on yep absolutely um and then the last little bit here is that if Slanesh wins, and I think this was one of the coolest parts in this intro, his he would not make the realms all like Corn would turn them all into it would burnt blood red blood soaked fields. fields of constant war. Nurgle's fields would just be flies and pus, and and just it would, it would essentially be an extension of his garden, right? Slanesh can't handle things being like we even talked about. You know, if you're into this one thing. That's not good enough. Eventually, he'll get bored. Yes. No matter how far you take it, you've got to find something. If you take something to its complete extreme, then you have to be done with it and find something else. Yes. Because he gets bored. And it, boredom is for Slanesh death. Oh, it's the worst. It's the thing he can't handle. Ultimately, if, if you wanted to theoretically kill all of the Chaos Gods, you have Slanesh win and leave nothing. And Slanesh will slowly bleed bleed itself to death because right. it, the lack of input is the complete antithesis of what Slanesh is at her very core. The realms with their differences offer offer Slanesh such st I mean but it just says how it would be this constantly evolving and not constantly changing like Zinch's realms would be but, but it's just constant all sorts of different things happening. Zinch's realm would be change for the sake of change, whereas Slanesh's realm would be change because I'm bored of this, now bring me something new. Right. So it, it, I think it's cool that his, if his vision of the realms taking over is not like any of their other visions no. because it's got all these different things happening. There's so much variety in Slanesh's... Uh, Very much in so. In Slanesh's conquered worlds. I think that's pretty cool. I um, agree. 
Let's let's talk a little bit about the Slanesh the deity really quick, and then we'll take a break and we'll come back and talk about how he got captured. Awesome. Um, okay, this is back what I was talking in the beginning. The feast made him so powerful, but then incapacitated him. He ate so much he was just like it's uh, it's like after Thanksgiving when you just gotta go have a lie down. It, it, it's but it's even worse. Yes. I mean, this knocked him out for a long time yeah and even even when and but it but the crazy thing is even while he is just still resting he is spawning so many demonettes and so yes. many things which the realms are being taken over while he is still in this almost torpor state yes you very know much so uh and that's what's kind of crazy now here's a little something that i read here and it just stopped me cold uh, okay, Slanesh of every kind have sprung into being. All were eager to begin the master's perverse work. Here was a new beginning, a new stage for endless acts to the great game to take place upon. We're talking about the mortal realms. Yes. Eight realities were slowly spinning in the void, each linked to the others by the works of long-lost civilizations, the realm gates. Wait, that's different. What? We, I don't think we have ever been told where the realm gates themselves come from, and it implies... Some very interesting things. Yeah, because it wasn't made. It doesn't. It wasn't made by the elves. It wasn't made by Sigma. Where did the realm gates come from? And this reminds me of the chaos gates in the old yes, game, yes. which were created by the Slan, if I recall correctly. No, remember the Slan were created by the great old ones. Yes, you're right. You're right. And the great old one. I think they were called the great old ones. I say great old ones, but then I often, then I go thinking right to Cthulhu and right. that's not what it is. Um they were the ones, in fact, and I know this becomes a mix of lore, but I believe I still believe it's right. Um those old ones were the ones that the Necrons were tricked into attacking and killing. Yes. I mean, so and it's the sort of link between 40k and, and mm-hmm. fantasy or it's kind of tenuous but it's the, those concepts because, are the exact same because I that's when because you hear that they killed them and then and then in the fantasy world they had created these gates and then they disappeared it also reminds me of the of the of the of the, the gates that the that the emperor was building the webway portals yes these very much seem like webway portals very where you much can just so go from place to place so just dropping that it was built by this ancient like that I, this is what I look for in these books. Yes, it's like it's I know the, the story. Little one sentence tidbits that imply <laughs> yeah. an entire shakeup of how this world works because we have presumably we under you know we understand in the age of myth a lot of things happened, but we've sort of been told about all of the important things, and now to get this revelation that like. Oh, the, you know, the only way to travel between the different realms and, like, one of the entire keys to how this world functions? Y- yeah, you don't know where they came from is fascinating. Well, and it's th- but that's that all goes back to the fact that, remember, when Dracothian found Sigmar, and then he showed him the, the eight realms, Sigmar wandered the realms, and there were long, already long extinct civilizations that he found found right so it's like oh what else was here and we know some of them were from races that came through from the warhammer world that were destroyed and they came through in these different times but 
what else was here? Because because it can't all be that. The realms are far too large for it to all be refugees from the old world. That implies that there is either is or was some sort of native life on these. But how is that possible? Because they were created from the winds. and But the winds of magic. I mean, the winds of magic have created so many other weird creatures. Right. I mean, anything could be created. And that's what's so great about this. These eight realms, I mean, they're not as vast as the 40K no. infinite universe. But they're big. They're big. They're very big. And I mean, when you look how little, when you look at the realms, and then you look at the spots, like on these maps that we've already t- that we've talked about and they've covered, they're teeny, insignificant, they're essentially. I remember I told Alex one time, I'm like, picture like a big old 16 inch pizza, and we're on like a slice of pepperoni. Is all the stuff we've covered? Yes. Like they've they've it it you know. They learned, don't stick yourself on a small map on yeah. a Middle Earth-sized pla- yes. planet and, and that's, say, and that's all we can do. And that's what's, that was what essentially killed original Warhammer, and I think that that's there what... There was nowhere for that story to go. Right. It, it, it was done, and, and for a while that was also true of, of 40K, although they've they've sort of moved away, f- away from that now. Oh, yeah. And oh, they've expanded a lot in yes, that. Yes, they have. And, but now here... We have the mortal realms, but there are implications of things that go way beyond the mortal. Like, which would be, I mean, there, there has to be something beyond there because there are stars. They talk about stars, the well, yes. of stuff that they can dip into. That and they they hint at little things, and maybe they're never going to tell you. Maybe we're never going to hear who made the realm gates. Just like we're never going to find out who the two lost legions are. Right, it's 100%. just you know. It's tantalizing. It's the thing yes. that grabs my attention. And it's and that that sort of I think is the strongest the the reason that GW lore is so good is because for every question that they answer and a lot of them are very satisfying answers, they ask or impl- more so imply other questions. Oh, yeah. And I think that that is fascinating. Okay, so what else have we got here? Oh, okay, we talked about how now Slanesh does not send them out. He sends them out as spies and infiltrators. Right, the subtle war. The corruption of new empires accelerated to the point that even those that had no part in it found they could not escape. Um, where the stuff of the Dark Prince's realm seeped into reality, the patron of all this degradation was revealed through the twisted works of art and mind-bending prose. Soon the name Slanesh was spoken aloud in every realm. Demon and mortal supplicant rode side by side, vying to cause the most carnage possible in the name of their ever-indulgent god. So it was that the Hedonites were born, and a great portion of the mortal realms came to be claimed by Slanesh. This is just crazy. Yes. And and then it goes into how he's different from the other gods. Very much so. And I think that that's, that's really interesting. And one of the other things that it does touch on, I, I believe it is in that section, is is the different ways that different cultures and groups and individuals depict Slanesh. Yes. And it's so telling about corn. I mean, there are different, you know, certain tribes depict corn as like a big, massive, you know, brazen bull or or as you know like a bloody fist but at the end of the day it's still sort of thematically the same but for slanesh you have the gelded vizier depicts slanesh as aslan the the work of lunatic abaya ban gadar speak of the white snake of slarnesh lumineth depict them as a specific melody played over six notes but that's because and if you read that that's because that's not how they see him that's Vince, because they don't want to say his no, name be, because all 
the Lumineth are really carry that torch of the old Warhammer Elves fear of Slanesh. Well, and that's it. I mean, now did the I can't remember the lore. I don't remember. I know in 40K the Eldar, the Elves birthed Slanesh yes. with their uh, excesses because they're immortal and they become obsessed with their with their thing to become just obsession with perfection. Yes. Immortality is a very long time especially near the end yeah and they fell into the worst excesses and pursuits because they they had essentially created the perfect society they had no need to work there were no enemies for them and they just fell into hedonism and excess and for a race that was so psychically sensitive as the eldar yeah that had very severe implications and, then and I, I don't remember how in the Warhammer world it was so much, but he it's a, he loved the taste of elves. Like he was always after the elves. Because, I mean, I think part of it was was dash is because elves have such intense emotions, and you see that with the Lumin the you know the Lumineth, you know, escape that by leading sort of Spartan lifestyles and and sh- literally shoving their emotions into rocks and throwing them into a fire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And and you know the 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 Marathi and the daughters of Cain they do that by very focusing very strictly and they're essentially m- monks if monks were also you know trained circus murderers <laughs> and and the the Lumineth do it by just not having souls or feelings they're just sad little boys who live on the bottom of the ocean it's, it's, yeah it's uh, and it's and crazy. have daddy issues. <laughs> No, that's not the Lumineth, that's the Idaneth. Idaneth, yeah, yeah, sorry I said Lumineth, I apologize. Um, the idea that obsession, the idea that vice yes. powers Slanesh, I think this is interesting because I love how, first of all, he's the opposite of corn. Yes. Every time you kill, like when these Slaneshi demons go riding out and cavorting and killing everything in their path, they are helping corn's power as well. To to a to a, a much lesser degree, I'm kind of of the opinion that, like a demon of Slanesh can't really control. I think intent matters. But I think no, I think the book disagrees with you because it says any it, it literally says in the corn book anybody who kills anybody blood spilling powers him. And here they talk about how obsession and that the obsession of Zinch, the crazy inner workings, Nurgle's. Uh, uh, you know the 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 pain of the diseases and his and his jolliness and his love, corn's rage those fuel Slanesh. It yes. says it in here, and I love how it says deep in, in their in their in their quietest, most alone moments, yes. the other gods worry about is this feeding into Slanesh into Slanesh and and the Dark Prince's ultimate victory over all, over, over all things. And I, I, so I think it's interesting how they kind of somehow they can feed into each other, but the Slanesh and Korn being the opposites and their actual actions feeding into each other yeah. is a really neat concept that I, I would love to read more about. Yeah, very much so. There was one more, there was, uh, one more thing I wanted to touch on with the sort of different, uh, different depictions. Mm-hmm. We're, we're told that the Seraphon depict the, the, the prince as an angular spiral. Yes, which I think is just such a fascinating thing because it's it is the metaphor of the slow and then faster and faster and faster and faster until you get to that center. But this is which, that weird angular spiral yes. that has all these weird bends and these these unnatural 
Yes. Plus, if you look at the stuff that the Seraphon make, everything has got that. Well, it's that, sort of Mesoamerican yeah, hieroglyph architecture. Yeah, everything's right, angular right. as it is. But yeah, it's a great, it's a great image. Yeah. I also love how Slanesh likes to be on the edges, edges of the mortal of realms. The realms yes. Because that's where all the realms stone are the, and the most realms, extreme. And because that's where the magic is the craziest. Yes. That's where it is just all over the top and 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 nothing. Is 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 set? It's just yeah. Uh, you would think that's where Zinch would love to hang out, but it's but but Slanesh more than anything adores the excesses of mm-hmm. that. And you know, it, in the realm of beasts, it's it's said that um, it's said that you know there there are mountains that try and eat each other, and 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 in all the, that in uh, the realm of Gur, right, right. And and later on, it talks about. Um, one of i believe it it's tied into the most recent sort of uh it, like um version of of underworlds where where one of slanesh's worshipers is trying to figure out a way to torture a mountain which is yeah. it which is something that can only happen on the edges of the realms you can't torture a just i mean it's a rock it doesn't have any feelings but when you start to get so magical, I think the Lumineth would disagree with you. But <laughs> those are very special rocks, <laughs> and I'm quite certain that if anybody in in the mortal realms could could know a way to torture their their rock things, it it would be Slanesh. That is true. So um, before we get into Slanesh being captured and all this other stuff, let's take a break. Awesome. Uh, and when we come back, we'll, we'll jump into that. Lequiem wandered in a daze. Up ahead rose a castle of dreams and foibles a palace stained with perfumed blood. It was surrounded by scattered and broken standards and a carpet of writhing corpses punctured by the clawing roots of a great dark forest. The faces of the dead were locked in a rictus grin of ecstasy and the pungent sense of battle surrounded him as reality came back into focus. Around him, chimerical demon beasts trilled as they crashed into the wanderers, lashing out with serrated claws to neatly sever limbs. Haunting soul songs emanated from the demons, the intoxicating aroma that clung to their sensuously vile forms, sending a haze of unreality seeping into his mind. At his left, Ileana thrust a spear through the throat of one of the fiends before the gargling demon struck out with its barbed tail, punching the stinger through her eye. Lequion was within the alabaster corridors of this fortress of the marches. The walls were festooned with lurid frescoes, depicting diabolical acts that contorted whenever his eye strayed. From afar, the fragrant breeze carried the dreamlike voices of the fortress's masters as they hooted and laughed and broke bread in parody of mortal kind. Beckoned by the voices, Lequion stumbled into the mud as his legs gave way, mind wheeling under the sibilant cries of the demonic beasts. His deep green garments stained with the filth of the battlefield. The elf tried to stand, even as he listened to the low, agonized groans of what remained of his kinband. A claw rested under his chin, drawing forth a pinprick of scarlet. 
the elf felt his head lift, staring into the opalescent eyes of the demonic being, and Lequion fell into a nightmare that would never end. And we're back. Okay, so... Okay, I like... I, maybe I just... Okay, I will admit. I get all these books, and I read them all, but I don't remember all of it. I read them... How can you? <laughs> well, There's I mean, a lot. I, you know, and I sit there and go, well, I remember all, like, almost every line from Star Wars, and I remember this stuff, and I like, I Harrison and I have sat and discussed Dune ad nauseum, but those are things I've read several times. Right. I, Games Workshop puts this stuff out so fast, I get to read it once, <laughs> and I take notes, and I mark stuff down, yeah. <laughs> but I still lose them. The, the trap that they set for Slanesh is so good, and I love it's how they genius. use themselves as bait like he comes crawling out when he smells elf gods there there is no more delectable morsel and so rare a vintage as a god who has lived for literally untold lifetimes yeah can you imagine what that soul must taste like to slanesh so they use themselves as bait uh, to to devour such potent beings would cement Slanesh's position at the forefront of the great game. That's the other thing. At this time, he is still yes. blooded. He still has all those like, and it actually says in here how he would love to take those elven souls and capture them all and eat them and savor them each one at a time. Yes. But as the world that was was ending, as Archeon was racing through and destroying everything, he was just shoveling just into his, yeah. his maw. He just, it was that the vortex was spinning, sucking everything in, and he just opened wide and just ate it all like not even it's like that thing where people say slow down taste your food right no didn't have time for that nope but they've been sitting in his belly for all this time and it was like these last few super powerful souls that would have been it he might have won it would have cement his position at the forefront of the great game great game so he slithers out he's looking for them and they they, tra- they trap him. Now, I, I just love the descriptions of this trap. Every aspect of the sorcerer's trap was a work of genius that only deities with a consummate understanding of the nature of magic could have devised. You know, like Teclas. Yes. And Malarian. And Malarian. And, and Tyrion to an extent, um, which, uh, you know, I was really hoping for a Tyrion book, and now it looks like we're just yeah, getting a new... A new uh, Teclas book. Yeah, which... I know a lot of people were complaining about that, and dude, I get it. I don't want to buy a new book every year for the same army. I don't. Right, right. Um, it's 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 one of the things that turned me off to playing the Stormcast. Was yes, constant I had, re-releases. I, I had built up this great army, and then they came up with another book, and I'm like, you know what? I don't need to buy the dragons because that was the dragon book. I'm like, yeah. Then the third book came out. I was like, I really need this. And then the I think the four, was it fourth book? I think, I think came out. I think yeah. they got four. Maybe they only got three. Either no, way, I, think I was there just was like, four. Yeah, I was just like, okay, enough. Like, I can't keep doing this. Um, I do know, but I don't know it for a fact, but I had heard from, you know, through the rumor mill that uh, basically uh, Realm Lords was just delayed so long because of everything going on right. in the world, which is why it's coming out on the heels of itself. Like, that was supposed to come out, and then this comes out, and then they get a new book, and it should have been a year or right. so. And it but just everything has been, been so. Yeah. Me- messed up because of the, the vi- of the virus. It's I just you know I, and I, 
they're supposedly like two years. Like everything we see has been in development for like two years or, oh, right. or something. And and I can only imagine how how intricate that production schedule must be to have forty or fifty miniature sculpts ready. Mm-hmm. And have everything shut down and slowed down. Yes. I'm just, and and, okay, and I know it's not going to happen. I'm not stupid, but I've just got my fingers crossed because, you know, Harrison has been waiting for the Tyrion book. Yes. But now we see all of this cavalry coming out. Yes. And Harrison and I were just, I'm like, what if they're just not telling us that Tyrion is going to be in the next book? But but they, they have to. And I will say in in the, the sort of the voiceover, they talk about the one sort of, like ninja samurai chick who's right. sitting on top of her, bro- who's like jumping her off sister, of her brother's twins, sister. Yeah, yes, that learned from and it. And they specifically say they are mirrors, just like me, implying the voiceover is is from Teclas and my brother, mm-hmm. implying that he still has an active role. And we we well, so we, we know that. he does, but it's like, but we haven't per- seen his personally. Stuff yet. I don't want personally. I just don't want a separate army. For Tyrion, right. I would like to see yeah. one elven army with the two of them. Yeah, uh, I would love to see him wind up in this book. I mean, I'm certain they know what they're doing, and I'm certain it's going to be great, no matter how it turns out. Yeah, I just want all of my, I just want all of my high elves back in one place, so right. that way they can finish that and maybe move on to Malarian. Yes, because I want to see the they, the whisper, the, the thing, the sort yes. of like hints they give off in this are so very good. tantalizing. Exactly. Um. So it's the culmination, and Slanesh's number is six. He is bound by 66 chains. Yes. In a ritual 66 years in the making. Uh, Lured and bound by paradox, or bound in paradox. So he's in that perfect balance between light and dark. He's outraged. He's freaking out. And then they start sucking the elvish souls souls back out of him. And we, we, we knew that the sort of the very early ones were very messed up, and they go into a little bit more detail about that here. And they're how, all so, slightly messed yes, up, though. It and, talks about how none of them walked out of there unscathed. No, and it reframes a lot of the, you know, we knew the, the Scathborn, which are the, the sort of snake ladies from the Daughters of Cain. Those and are the, the most Idenath obvious. Are the, the very physically obvious. But but now it's sort of, you know, the, that it states that they all have some damage. Well... So the Ida, I mean the Idaneth are sent, or not the Idaneth, the the Lumineth are. They still feel that pain, and their their answer was to reject it. I will not feel. I will just think because to feel is to invite that pain back in, and I think that is fascinating. And the same same thing with the sort of, um, the the. Illyrial never spent any time there, but she she still feels that sort of pain. That is is there, right. and she sort of goes fully into the 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 sort of capriciousness of nature and and into mothering her new race. But they're very pointedly not elves because she's been burned by that before, right? Um, and he's got. It, it's funny because Slanesh has six circles, which. Resonate with the the seven deadly sins. I'm I'm trying to list them here, and I know I'm missing one. There's wrath, lust, gluttony, pride, sloth, greed, and... Oh, envy. Envy, yes. That's it. And you look through here, and you've got avidity, which is uh, is greed. 
So you've got greed, and then you've got gluttony, and then you've got lust, which they call it carnality. Nice. Right. Uh, Idolency is sloth. Yes. So let's see. So we've got... So I think it's wrath is the only one that's not in here. Well, because wrath is fairly... Wrath wrath more belongs to corn, at least thematically. Now, obviously, that does not stop somebody from becoming obsessed with being angry, and Slanesh will welcome them into the Dark Prince's embrace. But but as a thematic sort of thing, that definitely belongs more to corn. But I love if you want to get into his place, you have to go through all of the temptations. Yes. And And the first one, first you go through greed, then you go through gluttony, then you go through lust, then you've got um, uh, pride and envy, and then you've got sloth. Just that whole, just, just... Yay, relax. You've been on a, and You've and they get so more insidious. They start off very in your face. There's piles and piles of gold, and <laughs> there's cavorting women, you know, cavorting yeah, I mean, just... shapes, and and you know, then it, you know, this great feasts, and then it gets to the, you know. You, you, you know, you in front of a very, you know, big group of soldiers, you're not really doing anything directly, but then it gets into sort of reflection on your, your glories and then just an opportunity for rest. And it gets more and more insidious as you go along because, you know, the, the, the kind of person who can, oh, I, I don't need wealth. I don't need food. I do not need, you know, the excesses of the flesh. But maybe, all right, you're not vulnerable to those. Well, maybe you're vulnerable to, you know, dwelling on your own successes or even just you are tired. Right. And then you get, and then you have to go through both envy and pride. Right. Where you're jealousy and I'm too good for this. Like it yes. flips through the both of them and then you get, it's it's so good. Dude, it's yeah, so it's, good. It's, it's very, very interesting. And I think the one, the very interesting thing is, Traditionally, you get through all of that, and what are you? You are presented with the Palace of Slanesh, this ultimate sort of bastion of hedonism and excess. But it states it's mostly empty now. Oh yeah, there's there's a couple, you know, there's still uh, because he's gone and it's been raided. Um, it's, it's crazy, yeah. And it it's it it says that there are flesh monstrosities there. It it's at one point later on, and and. So I, I don't know what that's about, and apparently there's somebody still stocking, stocking the the armory. <laughs> it's yeah. just sort of. Well, like I mean, he's there. still got his people there, his people who are faithful to him, but he's not there. And while he's not there, all of the partying, all of the all of it's the gone. excess, is not there because they're out looking for him. But there's still people there. But it's just it, it's it's not like how it used to. Yeah, be. Yeah, it's a shell of itself. Very much. So, so let's talk about these different because uh, now we're getting into the. Um, before we get into the the uh, the Dark Prince getting out of his cha- trap and the uh, the uh, space timeline, or now they just got the regular history yeah. pages. They dropped the space timeline. You space know what? Timeline. I'm okay with that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but so first we've got th- you got three major branches of Slaneshi followers. Correct. You've got the invaders. They go and they're the ones who want to fight. Yes. They're the ones who are all about battle they the invaders they want to capture territory and defile it because the more they change the realms into the vision of slanesh the more powerful he will become and the more powerful he becomes eventually 
he will come back or they will find him or he will just want to reward them right. for the transformation. Right. They are about capturing territory and changing it into Slanesh, a, a place Slanesh would like to be. They are they are essentially the most unchanged since the disappearance of Slanesh. They are going to just keep doing what we've always been doing, invading, you know, excess hedonism turn this once beautiful uh-huh. city into just you know artful depictions of corpses by other corpses oh that was so yes. gross i forget where that part that... they leave artful and grisly cadavers in their wake yes dismembering cadavers in a grisly tableau so, and they would sometimes they would just take different parts and make them into new looking people sometimes they would make them into weird spirals and yes. symbols out of body yes. parts so gross it's disgusting and at the same time fascinating which is exactly what it should be and it it actually i I constantly keep thinking back to the 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 30k book fulgrim yes with all the artists artists. and all the things that are happening there's like oh yeah i get this i've seen this before yes and it's it's fantastic um pretenders are an interesting group one of the one thing I wanted to touch on before we oh, mo- go, go, go. moved on from from the invaders is it says that because the whole shtick of, of theirs on the tabletop is that they can have three generals okay because it's it's just these big groups of you know very high profile hedonites mm-hmm. going and invading and it says that um, they and they hate each other because fundamentally all Slanesh followers are egotists and <laughs> any well, well you can't really be as good a follower of Slanesh as me because that would imply that I'm not as good as I think I am and that can't obviously that can't be true but it says that the hatred it says that the 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 barbs and insults that they throw at each other are enough to literally cause the ears of mortals to rupture Yes. Can you an insult so offensive that you go deaf? Yes. <laughs> that is insane. It's fantastic. I, and it's so slaneshy and I adore it. Yeah, that is great. I missed that. I missed that little part here. Um pretenders are the biggest egomaniacs of all. Oh, Pret- without question. Pretenders actually and I don't know if they necessarily believe it, but they are telling the other slanesh followers that the real Sinesh is either gone forever or dead, which makes no sense. They know he can't be dead. Of course not. But then, but okay. But if he's dead, but his essence lives on in me. I am yes. either the reincarnation of Slanesh, or I have taken Slanesh's place in yes. this pantheon, and I am here to prove it. And they, the thing is, they all they got it. They know they're liars. They're they're essentially like cult leaders. Yeah. They they all. They're they're either so deluded that they believe this absolute insanity that they're spewing, or they're just really manipulative. Uh-huh. And frankly speaking, if Slanesh were here, Slanesh really wouldn't care which one it was. They both serve the same self-serving end. Well, and it basically says, should he break his bonds, it's likely his first act would to be swallow every like anybody who said they were the new Slanesh, they're mm, dead gone first. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But in the meantime, there's an opening for some new excess and hedonism, uh-huh. and I'm going to take advantage of that because fundamentally, that is Slanesh. It is self-service even beyond the point that it doesn't make any sense and is really dangerous to yourself in the long run. Egomaniacs and psychopaths, and yes. their followers believe them so fully. 
until some other pretender kills them, and then they just are like, oh, well, I guess you were the god. This one was just leading us Obviously, to you. Obviously, this was a false god. You must be the true god, because if you killed the false god, that must imply that you are more powerful than them, and therefore, obviously, the real Slanesh. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, and that's that's what's so funny because that's just those weak-minded cult followers. Yes, that they're just like, oh, so he you know, they will find an excuse. Oh, yes. he was just me- leading me to you. Yes, obviously the you know the you only existed to bring me the true enlightenment of the real, 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 real reincarnation of Slanesh. And in the meantime, they're going to continue to do all of the you know debauchery and and sort of ruination in the new slanesh's name which ultimately still feeds the actual real old slanesh but works for me right right and and you know it's when i get out of this prison i'm going to kill you but in the meantime i can still i mean a lot of them are are like demons of slanesh that's still empowering slanesh (laughs) exactly Exactly, you know the, the the if if I say I'm worshiping Slanesh, I suppose to Slanesh it doesn't really matter where that worship is like what the picture that's sort of pointing at, right? So then we get to the last one, which is the God Seekers, which yes. is sort of a weird thing. In uh, when I'm reading this. They remind me of Speed Freaks. Yes, essentially they they They're do like the orcish version of Speed Freaks. Um because yes, they're all looking for Slanesh, but they're all obsessed with speed. They're all obsessed with going fast. They're all obsessed uh because they have to find him. They're looking for him the everywhere. Faster, the faster that we get to wherever Slanesh is and find Slanesh, the 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 shorter the amount of time we have to spend without Slanesh is going to be. And that, because, you know, it, and it touches on it at one point, immediately after Slanesh's disappearance, there was, I mean, it was, it was shocking, and it was very, like, damaging to Slanesh's, you know, followers, mm-hmm. because they had this, in, in some of them, they... They savored that misery and that loneliness as a new experience. Yeah. But then eventually, some of them grew tired of that. Uh, I imagine most of them would eventually grow tired of that. And they're like, okay, had my fun with that. N- now, give, now give me Slanesh back. Where is Slanesh? I, the party must go on. Right. And and they have become, then their new obsession is finding their old obsession. Right. <laughs> And it works. I mean, and they're the ones, and they're the ones who are finding the clues. They yes. are the ones who are actually hearing rumors and finding things, yes. and, and and they might actually get to him at some point. Well, we they're they're the ones who are actually doing something because we saw in the in the um, the Marathi book the the sort of um, Slanesh followers that we saw in there. Those were God seekers. Yep, and the ones that followed that sort of multicolored birth thing that we're going to get to we'll get to that that those were also god God seekers seekers, yeah because like we said the invaders they're just they're they're maintain maintain the course yep and they're going to keep doing this and eventually this will help him however it's going to help right and the pretenders that they don't want to find him because they want to be him. Yes. So the God Seekers are the ones out there doing stuff. They already stuff. found him. I am him. Exactly. 
<laughs> so then we get into now. This is a really cool uh, part of this, which is how um, they captured him. Okay, and he's captured, and uh, you know, Marathi, Marathi's the one who kept saying, "Look, we have to keep on top of this because he's going to get out. We cannot yes. keep him forever." And I think that that's really interesting that the one non-god there was the one who still had enough sense left and wasn't blinded by essentially their own egos and excesses into being able to say, "No, listen, we need a backup plan." This is not going to work forever. Right. And nobody really listened to her. No, and she was right. Yeah. And they should have. And now that they haven't, things are going very poorly. Now, I do like how it talks about he can't get out of the, He can't force his way out, but that's not how he does things. No. Uh, no other being could have endured the physical and spiritual agonies of having his soul essences extracted from their gullet or by the searing energies of Hish or penumbral hooks of Ulguin magic. So, okay, the pain of... Ha- uh, think about that. Literally, think about someone reaching down and with t- tools into your stomach and pulling your food back out through your mouth. Not just your food, but a part of your stomach, a part of your essence. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's... But I mean, think how painful it is when you throw up when right. your body it's pushes unpleasant. it out on its on its on its and that's wants it out. What it's supposed to happen, and so, now they're doing this. But that pain, plus the pain of the searing lights of Hish, the pain of the of the of the of the, of the hooks and the barbs from yes. Olgu, that pain powered him. That is such a. I'm like, oh, I never. That, all that stuff that they were doing to him actually brought him clarity. Yes, it, it's it's like those it's like those you know monks who will sit under a running waterfall, uh-huh. and eventually, as the pain subsides and they get used to the cold, it sort of centers them. Yeah. Except for Slanesh, the entire point was the pain, and it centered him, and and ultimately, like, brought back as it sort of because it was very, the having the souls torn out it was disorienting it, it says uh-huh. that that it was even for slanesh that was a lot but they sort of focused on what they knew which was the horrific pain and <laughs> that let them focus the other cool thing is and i never thought about this all of his minions are part of his essence yes so when his keepers of secrets, the God seekers, are out there looking for hints to where he is and how he's trapped, any actual information they get, he knows. Yes. So he's actually learned a little bit about his traps, and then the book goes into some cool detail into the- how... Uh, he manages to to break some of these chains, and we've known about some of these for a while now. But there are, I think, at least one new chain that gets broken. Yeah. Now I think it's I think six of them I have marked here. Um. Or five. I think maybe. Hold on. I I have them all written down. Um. Chain of worst betrayal. The chain of cosmic law. Uh. The chain of stolen apotheosis. Um, oh, the uh, what is it? The 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 one that was bound to the the chain. Yeah, the chain of cosmic law was the one that got broken in the necroquake. Right. Um, 
the chain of oh did I say the chain of worst betrayal? No, I don't think so. Okay, uh, but I mean we go through that, and he basically tricks Corn into attacking him. Yes, um, he sends he sends one of his people out there to taunt Corn. Corn sends Karanak after her. Yeah, the Hound of Vengeance. She takes out Karanak, which upsets Corn so bad. <laughs> That he takes out and takes a shot at Slanet, like not knowing where he is, not he caring. just screams a, a scream of rage that is directed at Slanesh wherever he is. I don't know where you are, but I hate you. Slanesh, knowing it's coming, wraps the the chain that only Corn can break around himself and and pulls it taut so that it's so sort that of it, strained. So that and when it hits impact. him, boom, it blows that up. So he and then he makes a fake one, so yes. nobody notices. With within within less than a heartbeat and the speed that only Slanesh could accomplish. Yeah, then he gets the Stormcast and we've I've read that we've read yes. that story where he, this chain of worst betrayals. He corrupts the city enough where some of the overzealous Stormcast are like they, they basically almost call an exterminatus. Essentially. And it's it's not just a city. It's multiple cities. Where they wipe out like 75% of the yes. population just to be sure. Any, any Anybody who has even a hint of corruption. And that's, you know, and, and we sort of hear we, that we would, and we you think. You and I would be dead. I mean, right. you oh, know, absolutely. And not that we're bad people, but we have vices. We have I, things. Yeah. I had a drink last night. Guess what? Doesn't matter. I'm yeah. dead. And and it, he doesn't in it's it's so we hear that and we think oh that's awful yada yada but without really comprehending just what that means and what it must have felt like for you know some of those people were probably legitimately bad there was probably like a you know serial killers and, and stuff uh-huh. like that and, and you oh know, sure there were people rapists who, and, and murderers and, 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 and there was the, a cult of slash yes, there no one hundred percent but then it was also like the grandma who's a little bit too into bingo (laughs) (laughs) and to see somebody who who really fundamentally is not a bad person even if they maybe do some they have vices and that's and that's that's this that's how slanesh gets 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 the barbs into you and to see the person that they associate with hope and with protection and with like their faith because they are warriors of a god king Right, but they're also were they're terribly afraid of them in the first yeah, place, well, and yes. it just got worse. And it, and then all of a sudden, you see this massive hulking armored figure, and just you're gone. Yep. And that terror, and that fear, and that hatred is another little kink in the 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 chains that bind Slanesh. And then the Necroquake. Not only and here's the thing I liked about the Necroquake. It doesn't only break one of the chains. It messes magic up so much that it gives Slanesh a better idea of what he's dealing with. The weaving of the the intricate weaving of this loosens enough where he can see how they work. And he understands now how to break dozens of them. Yes. And that right there is huge. The idea that he knows now how to break dozens. I mean, there's 66 chains. He breaks five or six of them. Yes. So he's got almost 10% of them broken. Right. And he knows how to break dozens. Even if if dozens only means two, that and the ones he's already broken, he's already just to about halfway free. And once he gets that close... He, He doesn't... Slanesh ultimately does not actually... Well, I, I say this, and we don't know this for certain, but I can't imagine Slanesh needs to break all of the chains. Just 
enough that they can gather about themselves and he can call power. to his minions too yes. once he is freed enough yes to focus his power and we we see for the first time i believe in this book the first hints that there are incursions into the hidden gloaming olgish Ol- i believe it's it's yeah. called and we because uh, apparently archeon knows where Slanesh is. Well, like, he he broke one of the chains. Yes. I mean, that shows up in uh, Wrath of the Everchosen. Right. And he's trying to free him because he needs his power, even though he doesn't like him. But that's when uh, that's when the attack comes from uh, the Bone Reapers. Yes. And he's got to go home to, to stop them because they are making a march on the Varen Spire itself. Which cannot, which he, he cannot. Tolerate. No, and he shows up and wipes them all out because he's the boogeyman. Yes. Uh, Archeon uses his gaunt summoners and their silver towers to infiltrate the 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 hidden gloaming. And then when he he goes in there, he uses his uh, mounts, the head of corn, because Slanesh is, is wise enough that I'm probably not going to be able to trick corn into breaking another one. Right. But Archeon's like, all right, fine. I know a guy, and he brings his mountain, and and he uses he uses the corn head, which he uses, is a part of corn. Yes, he uses Dorgar to and, bite through the chain, and 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 it's genius because there's really there is no no corn any corn demon would die before they ate at Slanesh because they hate Slanesh. Mm-hmm. So they used the one corn thing in existence that is responds to a power that isn't corn, and right. it's 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 Archeon's mount. It's so good. It's so genius, and it's the that's the ch- the chain of chained wrath. So yeah, of leashed wrath. So they break a bunch of these chains, and then I, what I think gets really great is near the end here is he's got a chance here. Yes. He's broken free enough. Now, with Archaeon attacking, there's no way Teclas and no. Tyrion and them don't know that something's happening. No. So they're going to go look, and unless he moves quickly, they're going to move him and rebind him yes. completely, and he's back to square one. Right. So this is where he just literally takes a big chunk of his essence, not in the form of another demon, not in the form of, of uh, a... It's a crystallized fragment of his own divine being, not a demonic reflection, but a shard of his shard of his truest and most vile essence. This is sort of like the One Ring, yes. Where it's actually it's it's his own power. It's it's him, and he just. This is what happens at the end at when we were reading the Wrath of the Everchosen. Right at the end of the Wrath no, of the, the Everchosen. Of Marathi, at Marathi, sorry, yeah, at the end yeah. of Marathi. He just spits a big chunk of this out and yes. shoots it out across the realms, and it's like. I, I cannot get out, but I can send a mini me out. Yeah, and that's a re- like. Yes. Oh, that's really clever. Yes. Um. Okay. Um. We're gonna keep going a little bit before we take another break. Uh. The oh, and I believe we we um. One more on on the Marathi book real quickly is that Marathi's ascension also broke another one of the chains because it broke the chain of stolen apotheosis when it was sort of halfway terminated in the middle and now Marathi's sort of half god half not split between two bodies. Well, she's a god, but now she's uh, she's been split into these yes. two forms, which is. Of course it gets messed up because this is what always happens. It happens to Nagash. His his plans don't go his way. 
No. You know, you can't. There's got to be something that messes it up that makes it interesting. Yes. Plus, then you can use both of your models. Right, 100%. So we get to the timeline, and um, I think one of the interesting, one of the more interesting things is um, they're corrupting. Dwarden. Yes, I've I noticed that I've noted that several times. It talks about chaos dwarves, and I well, love not, chaos but dwarves. Is it chaos dwarves because uh, flesh and gold? Yes, these are not. I mean, these, they're not dwarf dwarves. They're the they're the Caradron overlords, but they're Dwarden but, who are yes. being corrupted, yes. and you don't often see no. that. Dwarves are very resistant to magic. Yes. They are very resistant to that type of corruption. In fact, their thing is gold sickness is the worst thing right. they can fall to. They don't fall to this type of power no, and excess. Not usually. And, and to capture yes. those guys and wreck their stuff yes. was fascinating. I th- uh, that was by far, I think, one of the most interesting of the call-outs in, in the timeline because of all of the races that are sort of Yet you sort of think about being vulnerable to, to the the predations of Slanesh, excusing of course the you know the 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 skeletons and the the zombies and stuff who are not technically alive. They're undead, right? Yeah. But of the living creatures of the main the, three races, your elves, your dwarves, and your humans, the Dwarden are far and away the ones you associate least with Slanesh. You can see it's Dwarden sort of falling to corn, that sort of martial honor and pride. You can see one of them sort of falling to, to Zinch and that sort of search and understanding. But even then, it, that's rare. They and don't rare. fall to... I mean... Dwarden don't fall to chaos. No, not In usually. In fact, the chaos dwarves that we know of have fallen to Hashut, which is yes, a different which god altogether. Which is a altogether. totally different thing entirely, and right. It's it's not it's it's not something you see. So when you see that, I was like, oh, yes. that's that's Very much so. It's it's rare in the first place and rarer still for Slanesh. And the sort of the story that they they give essentially it's is this master craftsman who is able to create these exceedingly intricate and incredible golems that are are defending this this you, this hold and um and then you find out what's making them so yes. awesome is that there's actual dwarves dwarves tissue and parts and souls in there. in there oh that's so bad yes because there's another one with Dwarden in here, but that one they weren't corrupted so much as... They were tricked. They were tricked. These guys blocked their ears. They knew something was happening. The other guys who didn't sort of got into that attacking each other to kill each other, not so much as to fall to Slanesh, but they all start killing each other. And then when these guys realize that they try to fight back, but they can't hear their commands because they've all blocked their ears from the siren song, and they just get killed. Um, the timeline also talks about Sigvald was, was stuck in a, a shade glass mirror. Yes, and it touches on that in his sort of uh, his own his little lore yeah. call out. But we get the sort of first hints of his origins, and it's fascinating. It's really good. And then you've got that bit of the new prince. The new prince of excess is rising, and a great pilgrimage to Ulgu begins. Mortal and demons alike eager to discover the truth of this claim for themselves. So him ejecting this piece out of that trap into Ulgu yes. is now drawing people to Ulgu, which, yes. by the way, Where the, is, there's Malarian. The realm that we know the least about. Oh, far and which, again, makes sense. It is the realm of shadows, but 
I, I we we've all kind of been wanting to see because they've been giving so many little tantalizing hints about what Malarian's doing. Like, oh, don't pay attention to that. That's something else. Well, and people and, go there and never come back a lot. It's, yes, it's, and it's so interesting, and I'm so excited to see more. And I have a feeling we're going to be because the story. I mean, this is important. This is one of the chaos gods. This is one of the major players. And right. using that as an excuse to reveal more about the mortal realms, I think, is, is very interesting, and I'm very excited. Me too. I think it's really cool. Um, now we're going to get into a lot of the different, uh, just the lore of the different, you know, you know. okay, Keepers of Secrets, they are the closest companions to Slaanesh. Um Okay, this stuff is interesting, but it's one of those things where... We, we, we know, you know, yeah. heralds are drawn to those who are already on the path to Slanesh. We, we know about heralds. We know about, you know, uh, keepers of secrets and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, there are a few cool things. Shalaxi Hellbane, the idea that she is this huntress, or it is this hunter... Yes. ...that uh, goes after things, that it fought... Uh, uh, the uh, the 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 it fought Scarbrand, Scarbrand twice was, and yes. and uh, it's essentially gone to a draw both times. Gone to a draw a couple of times. It looked like she had Scarbrand. And he just like I, did, I believe like, one time ditched. he just jumped into a lava pit instead of being killed by a river of lava because yeah. he could survive in like, that no problem. And yeah, and no, nope, and nope, it could not happening. Um, I do like this last bit in her lore. Or his lore, whatever she'll actually help. It's lore. Yeah. Some whisper that one day Hellbane's blade will pierce the titanic heart of a god beast, those zodiacal creatures that exist above the natural order of things, and in doing so, prove the supremacy of chaos over the realms entire. That's a scary and weird thought. Yes, very much so. And I think one of the very interesting things about Shalaxi is all all of the demons of Slanesh are themselves in some way, shape, or form mirrors of Slanesh. And and Shalaxi is essentially the little the 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 obsession that Slanesh has with corn. Uh-huh. Slanesh hates corn. And they created a demon just to hate on corn. Yep. And it's so cool and it's so thematically interesting. And I I think I was initially kind of eh on Shalaxi until I really started thinking about the implications of who they are and what they mean for Slanesh as like a character. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's so interesting. I do too. Uh, we got heralds, we got vice leaders. Um, using seductive spells to corrupt carefully chosen victims. You know, they talk about that. We go through some of those. I think one of the, one of the, before we move on from vice leaders, one of the interesting is they talk how originally the way they did things was slow and subtle and you would worm their way in often over generations, but now they don't have that time. Because you want to savor it. Now they don't have that time and it has to go fat. No, like, okay, we can't do the really subtle thing. You're just really into you. We're just going from zero to eating people real fast. Whatever your obsession is, I am going to crank it up to the point where you just can't handle it, and we just do it really fast. Exactly. Um, the contorted epitomes is, I think, is my favorite thing. Yes, yes. I love this entire concept. I, I, okay. I have now. I know you've written lists and good because I wrote a list, and it's basically I've written a couple lists, and they're all terrible. 
Oh, same. I mean, I, and, I promise you they're all garbage. And I wrote a list that's basically like, because I'm always trying to put three or four leaders in. Mm-hmm. And like, my lists always have like two of these because they're just. They're good. They're, they're wizards. They do all sorts of stuff. And they're cool. They're a little bit, they're a little bit fragile. But, but I'm like, they're a mirror. That's the idea. And the coolest thing is, you like, you know, um, it, but this is the thing that, uh, like, it, it it's actually the harder and the more powerful weapon attacks it, the less it can do. The m- more damage would be done to it by a pointed stick than a cannonball. Yeah. So the okay. So the contorted epitome goes back to an artificer known as Venaton. Yes. Uh, his he made these mirrors that everybody. They wanted. were the best mirrors around. And, but it basically, it, it it incited narcissism. And around Slanesh. these people, and yes. Slanesh noticed, and he captures him and brings him in there. At he, just the moment before his death. He doesn't want to take him early, because that would deprive him of some narcissism. Right. So at the moment of death, he captures this guy, keeps him alive, and has him making mirrors, and he builds a mirror of absorption, and his whole plan is, I am going to use this, and it's going to absorb... the It, it absorbs vanity, and essentially, Ex- Slanesh it takes is excessive vanity. energy too. So all right. of all of so he's going to absorb Slanesh. But Slanesh is so the sheer magnitude yes, of it, not prepared. It, the the mirror can't handle it and it breaks. Yes. And so what he does is he makes has him make more of these. Oh, that's a wonderful toy. Make more of them now. Yeah, and he makes them, and that's what the contorted epitome becomes. Legend still says that Venaton is trapped in there, and if his name is spoken six times in front of a looking glass, he will emerge as a deadly slicer geist and slay the speaker. So he's it's become Bloody Candy Mary. Man. I, I have, yeah, I have man. that note. It is yeah. Bloody Mary or Candyman. And that is... And that was not in the last book, and I love that so much because it's it's the world building, and it's just the like that is exactly what you expect from Slanesh, somebody who is is forced in this instance to be so obsessed with one thing that that obsession can literally trans can cause them to be a summonable entity. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so good. I what else do we got in here? Um, and like we said, you, you know, you could you could use a wooden sword against it, but a rune marked cannonball would just not bounce probably off of it. not going to do anything. Uh, the infernal and rapturous. You probably do best just like kicking it a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> the infernal and rapturous is cool too. Yes, finding I love artists that model. and 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 putting their finding musicians and, and just putting a song in their head that is going to be the the song that it's like the Bill and Ted's this is going to be the song that unites the world yes and they're working so hard to get it they can't get it until they realize that they have to get that they have to give themselves over and she actually pulls out their body parts to create this because they have to be played on them right. and when it's played it's not the thing that they expect it to be of course, of course it's, it's not. not because that's Slanesh it's never quite enough I still feel bad for the mask yeah, and and it's you know it's 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 a sad story, but that's what Slanesh. Slanesh you are not you don't you don't matter to Slanesh. The mask was the flavor, the favored plaything of Slanesh. And but she always cheered him up, and when he failed so miserably, she tried so hard to cheer him up. She did the perfect dance, and that perfection irritated him because I momentarily was not perfect. And how dare you be perfect if I'm not perfect? It's, because I am the most important, and you being perfect when I wasn't is an insult. And if you want to dance, you will dance forever. Such petty nonsense. That's pettiness on on an on a Nagash scale. And it's it's pettiness on a Nagash scale, but even more so because the mask has existed 
in the old world, which means that the mask has been dancing nonstop for multiple eternities. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. every new dance and every new step and pirouette is a fresh agony. Seleska's cool. Yes, and we got some new information about Seleska in here as as well because apparently um, the Sill was at one point a soul grinder. Yeah, well, yeah. So Sill goes and um, first of all, you've got... She was spurned by Slanesh's courtiers for growing too attached to the herald the, for, for the ones that she chose for inspiration. So she's a herald. She grows attached to the humans. To the esque. Yeah. Well, to the humans that she, that she was using for this to, to corrupt. Right. Um, but then Ask is so good. Because she worked him so well, yes. he became this amazing thing. So when she gets killed and turns into a, a soul grinder, which as we've heard in the, in the last episode, last episode yeah. uh, this is demons who can't come back fast enough. And she wanted to come back so fast she basically souls herself. She became a soul grinder of her own free will. I mean, that's you right. have to. Right. But she comes back as a soul grinder. He... Sacrifices himself to pay it off because that's, that's that you have to pay off whatever it is. Yes. And we we are not we aren't told the exact details of what that is. And I'm I would be very I'd love to see a short story. About I, that. I would love to see a whole novel yes. on just the, this. Um. So she gets her prior form, and then somehow she gets Slanesh to bring him back as a demon champion. And they work so well together, they basically get connected. And Slanesh is like, I like this. This is You guys fun. work this together. You guys are in, this is something different. And so the first thing they do is all those people who treated them like crap, they go out and kill yeah. them first. I was just like, <laughs> I love it. And and I guarantee you Slanesh love it because petty, spiteful jealousy is a great obsession. Yep. Um... So then you got blade bringers. One one more thing oh, is yeah. they touch up if for for Seleska is they touch upon because they have their own sort of war band, which is this union of mortal followers of Slanesh and and Hedonites, and they work together. And it specifically says they're not egalitarian. They 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 would still betray each other. But they're doing this because they are more powerful together, and in order to to essentially screw over their old masters. Yeah, and it's, it's so very cool. good. Uh, the idea of the blade bringers—they're bringing Slaneshi blades into the world, and once you pick them up, they're constantly whispering to you to kill. Which this is literally what Fulgrim That's what was to given. Fulgrim. This is what happened to Fulgrim. Yes. He got one of these blades. I, I just love that. Uh, just the fact that that works that way. Uh, demonettes. We all know what demonettes are. They're they're horrifying and beautiful, and they'll kill you, and they're gonna have a good time doing it. Now the secret chariot. Here, okay. I was looking on the GW website today. They sell the secret chariots, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's an exalted chariot in the start collecting set, which is basically two secret it's chariots two and a different chariot, way to build right, it. Yeah. Um, but I did not see an exalted chariot li- listed as a thing you could buy on the website, and I nor did I see a hell flayer. Yeah, and I think that the I I I know the models, but mm-hmm. I don't 
I don't know what happened there. I don't. It, is it one of those dual kits? I'll I'll be honest. I do not like I, those models. I don't. Those know. Those are the one set of models in the Slanesh range, and honestly, in most of of Age of Sigmar and, and even 40k, I do not like the Hellflare models with the the spinny things. And I get why they're like that. I just don't. I like them. I just they, they everyone I know who has them says they are the worst things in the world yes. to build and even harder to paint. I and that honestly that's my that's my one my one problem with uh the Slanesh range is uh demonettes are awful to put together. They their arms fall off at the drop of a hat and whenever I'm trying to glue them they just keep stabbing me with all of their sharp bits oh gosh <laughs> which is very slaneshy but not conducive to gluing a model together i got that <laughs> oh, you know what i'm realizing we've been going for at least 45 minutes oh, we definitely okay. need to take a break yes. we'll come and we'll finish up with the rest of these we'll yeah kind of go through get to the big ones yeah. and then we'll start to talk uh about the the rules and stuff like yes. that but oh, you think we should i think we should try to hustle through these yeah let's the definitely rules. definitely all right we'll be back awesome That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, and at grognardgames.com. They are now open daily from 12 to 7 for your gaming pleasure. Now, if you want, you can go into the store, find what you need. Not comfortable going into the store, even with a mask on? Call them up for curbside pickup. Or order online at grognardgames.com. They've got what you need. They've got Warhammer. They've got Dungeons & Dragons. They've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. They've got Battletech. They've got a huge pre-owned section, and you can find it on grognardgames.com or in the store. Now, you can't play in the store right now. Still got to have social distancing protocols, and if I got to stay more than six feet away from you, probably can't play a game of Magic. Probably going to be pretty difficult to play a game of Warhammer either, but you can still get all your hobby needs met at Grognards because as the world starts to reopen and your hobbying starts to take off again, you know you're going to need stuff, and you can find it at Grognards. And why? You know why. Because there's always something happening at Grognards. Back again! Here we are. We have returned. We have. All right. Fiends are fiends. We know what they are. They're uh, sort of a weird uh, bunch of just the chaos-induced dreams of mortal minds given shape by the Prince of Excess. Uh, you know, fiends are cool. And I will say the short story here that is, I think, the single best encapsulation of what it's like to fight a Slanesh army. Yep, I like that one. This story is cool, but we won't talk too much about that because that's probably, I think I've got that as one of the readings. I, I think you should. <laughs> uh, the Seekers, we know what Seekers are. Okay, Glutos or Scallion, Lord of Gluttony. First of all, page 43. This picture is disgusting and I love it. Um, 
You know what? It's the one picture in the book I don't care for. Really? It is. And it's nothing. It's just, it's so, all this other stuff is so detailed and so, uh, you know, all that, this just, it feels flat to me. It, there's just not a lot of, de- like, he. okay, he's eating an arm and I get it. And there's his little homunculus that everyone thought was a, was a halfling yeah. cook. Uh, and I get they're eating people parts and stuff. It's just, I think it's just, I don't know if it's the it's if it's the medium that they're using, the colors they're using, the the the, the just the sort of just pinkish background. But at this, of all these pictures, there's so much happening in them, and yeah. then this one, it's I just do, not. I do understand that it's a lot. Most of the AOS art is very busy. There's a lot going on in and the foreground and the background, not. and this is this is a very simple character shot. Yeah, and I'm I, 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 I think it's a miss personally. I, I I quite enjoy it, but I can see where you're where you're coming from, definitely. So uh this guy's new. Um his disciples name him the Grand Gourmand. This is a guy they were merchants in Hish. This guy was forced to become they 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 were poor. They, they were very poor and he was literally emaciated and starving. Yeah, he was he became a thief. Uh he stole some sacred grain uh sacred golden grains from the temple of the Carnicopian rite in Zintel. Uh and he was just hungry, and he just ate the grain. He ate grain. Like, it's not even been turned not milled, into food. Not flour, just He was grain. starving, and he ate it when he didn't also, know. Also, it was made out of gold. Was it? No. It says golden. I mean, I mean, that, I think it could I, be I assume that was golden the color. color but yeah. I, saw, I, th- I envisioned it as actual, literally, gold. And then, boom, suddenly, that was that was stuff that was devoted to a Slaneshi S- demon. Surprise, the cornucopian rite was Slanesh. So then he's like, oh, go ahead and just, so, you know, eat and you'll feel better. And so he starts eating, but suddenly fancy food doesn't do it. Expensive food doesn't do it. He leads him into an alley and they find a dead body. And there's and a he's, corpse of a wizard. He just starts eating the dead body. This one wasn't even a, a, this one wasn't even a wizard. This was just a body. And oh, you're that, right. That comes he later. He ate, and it was like, oh, suddenly he felt real, and that was it. He for was the first for time it. in what we can presume to be months, if not years, he felt not starving. Right. And so now in Hish, the magical flesh of wizards is not in short supply, and he's he. That's his favorite. He likes to eat wizards, dead wizards, because that's where there is power. Uh, and that becomes what happens. He becomes big and fat and gross, and he's just constantly eating. His followers are going out there, um, and it says here, uh, it, it gives him more magical powers when he eats, but it says this is not the gastromantic shamanism of the Ogor race, but rather the rewards of a refined palate. For should he limit himself to repetitive tastes, then this favor will be agonizingly retracted. He has to constantly find different Types of yes. things and different ways to eat them. It is it is not enough that you at this point that he eats a person. He must eat it with a new variation of sauce or some uh, new method of cooking or spices or just a different way of dismantling it or, or a, a person of a different race right. or a different creed. He's got to have something new. I will say there was there was one very interesting part in there when it's talking about the availability of wizard flesh in in uh, in the realm of light, and it talks about. Um, it mentions uh, pleasure houses and sooks, 
Yep. Which I is a very interesting contrast because when you think the realm of light, you think you know scholars and and mathematicians and you know all of these sort of and there's a lot of it. people the and there are. are there, but yes. there, there's also but there's a seedy underground. There always is because there's yes. got to be a city attached. Because, right. Wizards can't just sit in a tower and ruminate. They're going to need to eat. Yes, They're going to need stuff. There's going to be cities there. Right, right. And and that is sort of that crack in the defense that the that the elves have built up is that they are still reliant on on normal people stuff. But even the wizards kind of go down there. Even wizards need a break sometimes and head down to the to the house of ill repute. A- any any place that's big enough is going to have the red light district. And and that's and there he is. And there's Slanesh. Now let's talk Sigvald. Oh yes, please. So Sigvald I mean, he was from the world that was. He yes, and he died humiliatingly in the world that was. That was I forget what the name of that troll was, but he was like the biggest uh or not Krell Throg. That's right. He was fighting someone else. Someone he was fighting him. Krell, who and, was a uh, corn servant raised by Nagash as a like Death. Krell was the yeah. Krell was a white. One of yes, the white was kings. a white king. Yeah, uh, and Krell actually cuts him. Yes, Krell gives him a scar, and he loses, loses his mind, and he beats him bloody with his raw fists, he which damages him. his fists. But that heals up. But that scar is different. And but in that moment of his rumination, he previously had tried to kill Throg because Throg is an ugly troll. And then Throg, at that moment, as he is standing there over Krell's shattered corpse, bloody and and just sobbing over his his he's been damage. ruined. Yeah. Yes, that that and it's it's not as though he won't heal. He will, and with his armor, he will heal probably beautiful again. But for a moment, he was not, and that is enough to sort of break him. And that's when Throg comes and just smashes him in the back. Yep, and, and Throg takes him out now. Uh, it's funny that, first of all, uh, Nagash traps him yes. in a mirror of shade glass. Okay, but we sh- we should say really because of the way he died, he is abandoned by Slanesh. Slanesh oh, does yeah. not want to be associated with something like that. And Slanesh doesn't heal the scar. No, because you you yeah you be- well first of all he's dead. He didn't have yes. time for it to heal. But he, when he when he does eventually when he brings him back, there is a single scar as a reminder of his failure, and it yep. drives him insane because he knows he's imperfect. But he comes back and. N- Nagash does not it says Nagash does not forget and he is surely does not forgive. No. So he manages to trap him in shade glass, which is from Shade Spire and Correct. it's that shade glass where when people died their souls would go in there so they yes. could So he traps Sigvald in this and people who looked on the mirror that he was in would see a perfect version of themselves and, and not would see Sigvald and that drove him crazy Whereas, because everyone should be looking at me. I'm beautiful. And the uh, But the thing is, the other shade glass, when you looked into it, you saw who was in it. Yes. But the guy's like, nope, they're not going to see you. They're going to see a, a perfect, which means they're going to want to look at it more and they're going to be enjoying their looks and, and he, not He will his. know constantly that the satisfied faces he sees are not because of him. And right. that will drive him up the wall, which is a very Nagashian punishment. 
Uh huh. And ultimately, is also his undo un- is the undoing of the punishment because he slowly feeds on the vanity. Because and the he, an- yeah. if he is anything, he is vain, and that vanity of people staring at the perfect version of themselves, it he he can't get all of it, but he can get little morsels here and there, and it slowly, slowly grows. He gets strong enough to when this one guy who he knows is kind of uh, a conceited jerk looks into it, instead of seeing a perfect version of himself, he managed to exert enough power to show him a horrid twisted version of himself well first he gets taken out there's a group of caradron uh expeditionaries who go in there and he manages to convince them like you know through his whatever mind magic or or whatever to take him with them into a desert and that's when he is found by a group of god seekers right who who and for the first time they they in, and because of, of his escaping Shadespire, he's able to grow more powerful. In But he's still trapped in this mirror. And so then he, when he is found by these god seekers after the, the Caradron Overlords die because they're in the middle of a desert with no food or water, um, he the, the leader of the god seekers looks upon the reflection and is shown the worst, more, most horrific, ugly, terrible... And that's um, what that's and that's what Sigvald does. He exerts that one bit of power yes. to twist what it's supposed to do. Yes. And this guy breaks the mirror. He is so angry, and he breaks the mirror, but that releases Sigvald, who is out, and he's now better than ever. Yes. On a sixty millimeter base, no less. Yes. And then he takes the now he now he had his old sword, but apparently. After he died, a lot of other Slaneshi heroes claimed to have his sword. Yeah. So there's a lot of, and they're they're not his sword, but so they're many nice, people. They're nice, but they're not quite Silver Slash. And so many people saying that it's him, he doesn't want that because he doesn't want a, a sword that everybody else is calling their sword the something same thing. special. So now he takes the bits of that shade glass and he goes and fights his way into Slaanesh's temple finds the guys who are making the weapons and says, take this glass and make this into a weapon for me. Yeah, and this is this is after he kills it, what is said once, exactly one-sixth of the, the god seekers that find him. Yeah, that's just right. Be after he is raised as a demon prince, just because he can. Yep. Um, and he gathers up all those pieces and then they immediately forces their entire expedition to go back to the palace of Slanesh probably from whence they came, because their quest doesn't matter. They are there to serve Sigvald. Yep. And I like how the the scar is not on his face anymore. It's hidden on his body. Yes, but he knows it's there. Exactly. He looks perfect to everybody else. Yes. But he ain't, and he knows it, and it drives him crazy. Yes. And the other the other great thing about Sarge, Shard Slash, that is, that's his new sword forged from the, the Shadespire glass, is that because it is forged from that Shadespire glass, he can capture pe- people's souls yes. to torment. Oh, yeah, that's such a cool thing. I know. That's such a cool thing. Uh, the Lords of Pain, these are guys who are just super into... I was, one, one more okay. thing is that he, he's, he has not forgiven anybody involved in his whole undoing, but they are both 
very, very, very dead. So he's sort of settling for the next best thing and is currently on a on a war trail against the Ossiarch Bone Reapers. He's invading the Ossiarch Empire. Right. That's right. Because, yeah, he, he's going to tear down everything Nagash has yes. built. He's not dumb enough. Death. He can't go into Nagashazar. He even, you know, even he is not that conceited as to believe he could brave that that sort of area. But he's he's but this is a start. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Uh, like I said, Lords of Pain. I don't know why these guys don't quite do it for me. Um, but basically, like these, they, they, you know, they're great fighters uh, and they were from these different blade sects and they were, you know. They, they've changed up their weapons, so it doesn't kill you quickly. It breaks it's you, just, it hurts you, and causes pain. They want to feel pain. They they are essentially they are sad, not essentially they are sadomasochists without peer. Right. I mean, even their armor is is it's is barbs and stuff stuck into them with spikes facing outward, so that they can cut. You know, not only their enemy, but probably just the people standing around them. Well, and plus the the armor. It's not just a. It's not just put on. It's it's got hooks and stuff to it, hook into their skin to hold it on. Yeah. in their skin. So they're constantly feeling pain too, and that's what sort of they're, they've 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 gone away from becoming, uh, you know, the uh, the great. They're they're not just there to fight and be a great warrior. They're there to give and deal out pain. Right, because that's you know it, it is said that there are the six great sort of vices that are embodied by Slanesh's, you know, the six circles of Slanesh, and they, ch- but they, they sort of askew those, and they chose instead to focus on the giving and receiving of pain right. as their sort of worship of, of Slanesh. Uh, let's see, shard speakers are new, and basically, uh, they're wizards, their, their, their claim to fame is that uh, Slanesh had the Temple of Twisted Mirrors. Right. Korn's guys came in there and trashed it. Yes. And Korn was super ticked off about that. Um, but what he did was he took these little... Slanesh was, you mean. Yeah. Yes. Slanesh was super upset that, that Korn had done it. So he took little bits of the mirrors and gave them to sorcerers. And now uh, they can use these uh, fragments of the mirror to do all sorts of magic and do all sorts of... Uh, yeah, stuff with the mirrors, and and you and you sort of stare into the mirror, and the mirror stares back at you, and the thing that's staring back at you is Slanesh, right? Because it's from his yes yeah, temple. It's yeah. pretty cool. It's great. Bliss Barb archers and Bliss Barb seekers. Um, these are the new models. Uh, basically, archers that are sort of uh, they're like seekers, but the mod. I think the creatures are different than the seekers that the, that they ride. Uh. The the archers, I I don't remember. I know that there is one of the units that's mounted on seekers. I'd have to. I I I don't recall which. Uh, but there's the bliss barb archers, and those are the ones they have. There are there's the, the archers are just the ones on foot, and then okay, I think and the then bliss the bliss barb, barb seekers, seekers are the ones who are riding are riding on the the on the actual seekers. Yeah, and so they ride with the arrows, and then there's the slick blade seekers. Um, these are the guys that that are on the secret that are not archers. No, they're they're not archers. They they have uh, they have a couple of different weapon options. Um, yeah, and they're like se- seekers of Slanesh, but they ain't because right. they're mortals and not demons riding them. Right, and it it talks about the sort of process that they have to go through to, in order to earn the right, not necessarily even earn the right, but to capture a mount to ride because seekers are sort of famously very uh 
very difficult to acquire. Right. Uh, Mermadesh pain bringers are pretty cool. These are the like the these are the martial prowess. These yes. are the guys that the lords of pain would be if they weren't so focused on pain. Right, right. They're more soldiers and less uh, bondage enthusiasts. Right, and those are these are some really slick models. These, these are fantastic models. I I think that these are some of the like I love I uh, obviously I think Sigvald is is number one because he's Sigvald, but but these are are, are up there. Yeah, and they're and they're 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 cool. Um, and then you've got the the Slangor fiend bloods. Yes, uh, these guys. I mean, just having the weird leather boots and stuff on it's so great they're just so creepy they're terrifying and it's fantastic and so what what's the deal behind these guys again because i've got my notes but i'm just i'm i'm I'm, i've missed i'm not finding my stuff on the on the fiend bloods Uh, i'm pulling my thing up right now where is this is uh it's there was an order of knights so pure that the men heralded them as incorruptible. And then someone comes in, asked for hospitality. The knights could not resist uh, offering to let his host sup from his prized silver goblet. They could not resist this, for they had recently won a great victory. Um, and it was uh, inside the goblet had contained nothing less than a drop of the Dark Prince's honeyed saliva. Yuck. Which is disgusting and exactly what Slanesh is into. And they turned into... <laughs> these dis- these mockeries of themselves. Yeah, they turned into Slangor. But <sighs> it, uh, it, it does also call out that that's a legend of where right. they came from, and it might be from somewhere else. And and the other thing to note is that this is not no, these are like one very specific kind of slangor, although technically any sort of beastman that devotes themselves to to slanesh would be considered a, a slangor, I believe. Right, but the beastmen, if you dedicate yourself to any one, they're we, they're, they, they don't consider like that. you. Yeah. yeah, they hate you. These guys are, and I think it's just funny that you've got all this slanesh stuff, and then you've got this one type of unit of beastmen in yeah. here. Fiend bloods rise fully formed from the heaps of writhing bodies piled around herdstones in the aftermath of a slake phrase most bloodthirsty bacchanals. Nice. Which is a fantastic encapsulation of everything that Slanesh is. <laughs> yes, it is. All right, you know what? Uh, that's sort of everything in the lore, and I know I kind of jumped through the last of the, it's just, yeah. it. I hate going through every single unit type and talking about their little... I mean, you can read about this stuff. Right, if you want all of it, you, and you should pick up the book because this is really... I mean, it, this is a fantastic codex, or uh, battle tome, rather, that is just... I, I might be a little bit biased, but I, I really think everybody no, should get it. And the lore is really cool, it's so but good. I'm, I'm more interested in the overall lore than each little individual Each individual characters. unit, with the exception of Sigvald, because he's great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's talk uh, Let's talk about if you're playing a Slanish army. Yes. Uh, first of all, you've got uh, battle traits. Um, let's see. Slanesh army only. Thrilling compulsions. First of all, you have to be either an invader, a pretender, or a god seeker. Well, well, technically you don't have to. It says you may versus, which is different than... Oh, the, that's right. You can give it right, because a keyword from in the In the previous battle tome, you were required to, to choose one, but in this one, you, they very interestingly... Uh, 
you, you do not technically have to be, although I don't really know why you wouldn't. Well, maybe you don't want to... Uh, well, and here's the weird thing, because... Yeah, you get basically new extra battle traits commit. Well, in fact, you would have to, wouldn't you? I don't... I mean, it says you don't have to, although... But again, I don't know why you wouldn't. But then how do you get battle traits, command traits, and artifacts of power if you don't? Because I don't see them in here as any... For any generic. There, there. Well, there is no generic. I think Yeah, it's, so I think when it says you can, I think... Uh, I think you have to. I, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of... Like, I guess there... I don't. Do you have to technically take a general trait, or? But why would you? I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. So you but, don't want any battle traits. You don't want to be able to take right. any command traits, right? Like I, I, like why would you take command traits or artifacts? I mean, that's that's a part of the game. Yeah, you, no, I I agree. But to not have any artifacts or that makes no sense. No, it it doesn't. I, th- I mean, I suppose if you took a uh, an army with only named characters, so you couldn't have any. That but then still, but like, that, that makes well, no. It's sense. It's not even possible to field that at least in the or. Sure no, you, you no, no, yeah. Yeah, I guess you could. They, the, do you? Yeah, you, could, you take, could. Yeah, you could take Shalaxi Hellbane, and you could Hellbane take Hellbane, and, and, um, and um, Sigvald, and Orsus. Yeah, you could take just named characters. Yeah. But I, I mean, that would be. I just don't see why you would do that. No, it it seems uh, kind of pointless. Okay, so they have some some special rules here. Uh, Locus of diversion. At the end of the charge phase, each friendly Hedonite demon hero within an inch of the enemy can create a locus of diversion. If you do so, pick an enemy that's within an inch of the hero and roll a die, adding one if the hero is a greater demon. On a four-up, the unit cannot make a pile-in move before it attacks in the following combat phase. You can't pick the same target for this ability more than once in the same phase, whether the roll is successful or not. So if you charge with a hero and you get next to them, you can roll a die and stop them from piling in. Which is very, very powerful because... I mean that you are controlling the terms of the fight, which is very, very important for mm-hmm. this army because it's. I mean, they're not bad in combat; they are very good in combat, but a lot of them are kind of squishy. Yeah, you don't have a lot of defense. Yes. Let's see what else. Um, if the unmodified hit roll from a Hedonite model is a six, you do two hits instead of one, so you wound, make a wound roll for each. If the unit has twenty or more models, it does three hits which on a is six. Bananas. Yes, especially because that's very much directed at at the demonettes, who you are going to want to run in their maximum 30-man blobs, I believe is the the maximum. I think that's right. And then when you get to the actual demonettes, they get enough another. They they actually get another bonus to that, I, I think. Bliss Barb Archers can go up to 30s, too. Uh, those Everything else I don't think goes above 20. Yeah. But... Uh, where is it? Demonettes, they already have two attacks. Yes. Plus, uh, I believe the the, um, the the sergeant or whatever they're, they're called for that unit also gets an, an additional attack. Yeah, their champion gets an extra attack. Um, this is so... Uh, and they can run and charge. Yeah. So you get them in there with all those attacks, and then six is... So you're already hitting... You're, you're hitting with half. Right. You know... But then it's like, oh, wait a minute. The hit roll is a six. Yes. So you're hitting with half of them, but a sixth of the, your, your your bucket of attacks is doing two to three actual wound right. rolls. 
that's 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 going to make a difference at some point. It very much will. And there's also another thing. I believe it's in the Pretenders uh, that modifies that. It it that uh, or not necessarily modifies that, but that really sort of stacks uh, up on top of that. Um, or maybe it wasn't Pretenders. It might have been. Uh, well, we'll get when we get to there. We'll, we'll get to that. Yes. And then there's Feast of Depravities. Okay. You can summon Slanesh demon units to the battlefield if you get enough depravity points, okay? Now, this was a little confusing for me at first, but I think I, I think this system is f- more fair, a little more balanced than, than the, the old than one. Li- yeah, I agree. Okay, at the end of the battle shock phase, you get a depravity point for each unit on the battlefield. Each unit. Yes. Mine and yours. Correct, which is very that important. That has a wound or mortal wound that was not negated, allocated to it in that turn, or has fewer models than it had at the start of the turn. Yes. So if you have to just remove models that weren't from Technically wound, they, yeah. wounds, Technic- they yeah. still, that still counts. And and it's and it's also various allocated. So there's I think there's like some things that let you sort of sh- shunt off wounds from heroes onto other units that would technically I believe still count for that. Yeah, if it was not negated, allocated to it in the, any unit that had a wound allocated to it. So if you shunt off wounds to something else, then you didn't allocate it to yourself. But then whatever you put it on, it still had gets wounds it. Allocated. It still counts. Um, so if you have depravity... Now, this happens at the end of the battle shock phase. So Correct. you're talking right at the end of the yes. turn. At the end of your movement phase, you can summon one unit from the list below and add it to your army. Each unit you summon costs a number of depravity points shown on the list. You can only summon a unit if you have enough points. It must be set up wholly within 12 inches of a hero and more than 9 inches from the enemy. And it ranges anywhere from 6 to 12 points. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking... The only turn you can't, un- unless something, unless you go second on the first turn. First turn lo- seems unlikely to get anything. Yeah, you'd have to have six units taking wounds, which means your opponent would have to do wounds to si- would have to knowingly do six wounds to six different units, yeah. or something like that. Um, any player who knows Slanesh is just not going to do that. They're at the going top of to the be turn. afraid of the number six, right? Uh, and you can get anywhere from 10 demonettes up to a keeper of secrets or uh, 12 points get you 10 keepers of secrets or 30 demonettes that's I, I think I don't I don't think you mean uh, 10 I mean uh, one keeper of secrets I was gonna or, say yeah, 10 12 keeper one of keeper secrets, secrets is a bit or, much. or 30 demonettes um, there's just a lot of good stuff you can take here uh, for the so. points you can and you can do one so basically turns two through five you could probably summon up one unit every turn for right. the last four turns right. of the game which and that's a lot that's all i mean that's essentially depending on the the point size that you you're you're playing with you could essentially do an entire another army on the table with the that much summoning. Now, the trick is to, to to negate that is for me to put all my energy into trying to go after a specific unit. Yes. And it says the unit's got to be on the table. Yes. If I wipe the unit out, there's no points. Correct. Of course, there's other ways there to is, get points. So yes, you're there's gonna a lot get of points. other ways I, to get points. I basically have a feeling that you're going to be able to probably summon a unit every turn now you may want to save them to summon something a little bit bigger right so you may not but if you want to there is an option to summon every turn even if you might not necessarily take that if you're going for something specific as part of a a strategy or Mm -hmm. or just what have you you can 
putting off summoning is not necessarily a bad decision, but the option is there. Right. Uh, okay, let's talk about the three different things. Your invaders... Now, invaders are weird. You, your army can have up to three generals instead of one. Correct. Now, that's a, a can. Yes. So you can negate, I think, some of this issue by not necessarily having to do it. Because three generals are, sounds really good, but remember that the pretend or the uh, all of the generals of the invaders hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> Only one general can have a command trait, but all three are considered to be generals for purposes of using command abilities. So if you're using stuff that says your general can use this or within your general, that really does suddenly increase the bubble, the, the bubble yeah. dramatically. However, none of them can use a command trait or command ability while they're within 12 inches of any other general. Uh, in addition, each time one of your generals is slain for the first time, you receive a command point. I'm not 100% certain, and I haven't read the book enough to see where it might be for the first time, unless there's stuff in here that brings you back. Uh, I think that there's a there's a, a couple of, of options. It might also, I don't know necessarily how it, it works. If you summon, it, let's say you have a, uh, we'll say you have a, a Keeper of Secrets, and then you summon another Keeper of Secrets. I don't know if that... I don't. I don't like. Can you summon back the same demon that was just killed? I mean, that's killed? the thing. Can you call them a general? I don't. Know I don't if that's know. How that works. I'm not 100 percent sure on the, how that works. Somebody who's more versed in the rules and will need to correct so, us. Yeah. Um, if your general's in is, is wholly within enemy territory at the end of the battle shock phase, you can get you get an extra depravity point. If three of your generals are within the enemy territory, you get D three depravity points. Right. So having extra generals will help with getting the depravity points. Yes, very much so. Um, and then the Hedonite hosts. So when you talk about these, the the big army. Yes. Uh, whether you're an invader or a god seeker or um, a pretender, pretender. that's going to change. And this is the big, the super. Yes. This is the battalion that uh, you have to take multiple battalions in. You're taking this battalion to take other, you know, groups of battalions. Yeah. That all shifts what you have to take depending on whether and, you're an invader. Uh, and a, I was I was doing a little bit of, like, theory, theory hammer kind of stuff. And normally in a reasonably, like, a 2,000-point game, most of those massive battalions, it's just not going to happen. Right. But with the changes that the invaders give to that sort of Supreme Battalion, um, you you can technically fit it into a two, 2K point game. Can you? Yes. That if seems you take, like you're not going to have a lot on the table, no, though, because you're going to, all of if that. If you're taking yeah. the very, very barest stuff... I think you you just barely can do it, and that's super themey. Uh, yes. I just don't know if that would be practical. Oh, I don't think it would be practical at all. But it's an option if you want to try something new and different. Okay, cool. Um, and then they've got some cool commander. I mean, they got the base one: reroll wound rolls, yeah, uh, plus two wounds, reroll hit rolls. Um, but then the the one I like at the end of the combat phase, if any enemy models were slain by wounds inflicted by this general's attacks in that phase, you can heal up to D three wounds. Yes. So there's a, that that nice ability to heal up because they are sort of glass cannony. They're 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 glass cannony, but they also are. It's very thematic. They're constantly having to outdo everybody else, and it just wouldn't do to be murdered. That's true. Um. 
uh, you know, and the, the artifacts of power are pretty cool. They've got yeah, different agreed. things. I really like the Rod of Misrule. Agreed. At the start of your hero phase, roll a die. On a one, your opponent gets a command point. On a two to five, you get a command point. And on a six, you get D3 command points. And and with invaders, you, you need command points because yeah. your ability to spend them is almost for sure going to outpace your ability to actually generate them. Exactly. Which is one of those, when you get those Hedonite hosts, uh, that all those extra command points. Yes. Uh, let's see. Ba -ba -ba. That's, a, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much. I mean, there's other cool stuff in here. Um, I will say, I, I'm I'm also um, a bit of a big fan of the uh, the beguiling gem. Okay. Uh, at the start of the combat phase, pick one enemy hero within three inches of the bearer and roll 3d6. If the roll is greater than that hero's bravery characteristic, subtract one from the attack's characteristics of that hero's melee weapons uh, to a minimum of a zero until the end of that phase. I think that's just a very interesting concept. That's actually huge for, because you get to pick it, and that's actually huge for those characters who have certain types of weapons that have just that one attack that can be super devastating. Well, well it says weapons, plural. So I, I at least I would... Oh, all, the, oh, all right. of them. Oh. And I think that would tech... Does that, would, you, would that include the mounts? Uh, it says that heroes melee weapons. So probably not. So I don't so think it no, counts. Yeah, but most. still. But there's a lot of heroes who have like they got this attack and that, and then they've got this thing that does one attack. And right. It, and if it hits, it devastates. But if you can get them to a minimum zero, that's actually pretty good. That's I didn't think quite about good. That. Right. And and again, because your glass cannon having those things that can you know really hurt if they if they hit you taking away their ability to do that you're not as afraid of something that's going to be doing one damage as you are of of potentially because a lot of these guys they don't have a lot of wounds i mean six to right I think the keeper of secrets is like 15 oh that's a good amount though. which is a fair right which is a fair amount but they are a greater demon but yeah, the mask has five. Right. The vice it's leader's five got five. And six is uh, the blade bringer. The ones on the chariots have eight or nine, but that's because they're on it. They're on the a rapturous chariot. has five. The epitome has seven. I mean, they're pretty low. They're they're it's Zaleska's very. has only got nine. Right, and yeah. it, I mean it's fairly conceivable that you could lose one of those characters to a bad combat round. That's true. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Let's go to the pretenders. All righty, I I personally I think that these guys are some of the coolest. Um, this is the one that I was finding myself building yes, armies too. for. Me too. Um, if your general is a hero, pretender army is a hero. Which, why wouldn't I, they I be? Don't, yeah, I don't see. Yeah. They have two different command traits instead of one. In addition, you can reroll hit rolls of one for attacks made by melee weapons by friendly pretender units that have ten or more models while this guy's on the field. So this was the one I was uh, referring re to. Rerolling hit rolls of one. Rerolling hit rolls of one. As long as the unit is, as long as the general's there and the unit is ten or larger, so that means theoretically, with a blob of thirty demonets, you're going to reroll hit rolls of one. You are going to, and any sixes on the the, the hit rolls become three right, three and which you rolls. you then have a better chance of getting yep. because you get to reroll that one. Yep. Um. Supreme Sybarite's Battalion. Oh, okay. In a Pretender's Army, it must include one Slanesh hero instead of three to six. I sort of noted that. It's really 
it's pointless then because then you only you're spending points for a one in actually not even for a one in six chance you can't because it has to be greater than in order to generate the uh the benefits uh it is a is a very quickly um the where is the battalion at the start of your hero phase, roll a die. If the roll is less than or equal to the number of heroes from this battalion on the battlefield, you receive a command point. So basically, you you, you can't really take that. There's no point to taking it. Yeah, but that, but that but it makes sense because right. why would you take you? There is no other god but me. I am not putting up with other. So if you're taking Pretender's army, that battalion is basically out the, of you're 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 not taking it. The Pretenders suffer no Pretenders. Exactly. Uh, at the end of your battle shock phase, you get a depravity point if your general's within three inches of an enemy unit. You get D3 if your general's within three inches of two or more enemy units. So once again, proving that you are the toughest. Right. But then again, your generals are squishy, so you're, you're getting depravity points, but you're really risking... I, I really think with this one, you're going to be choosing Keeper of Secrets for your, for your general, because... In, uh, the, in addition to the, the base size being larger, meaning you can realistically have a better chance of, of getting that, they're, they're, they're kind of one of the only things that can sur has a chance of surviving. And the thing is, you can take more than one hero in this yes, army. Yes, you, you can. You just can't do that bonus for the multiple heroes. Correct. Because they're not putting up with that. Uh, what kind of command traits do we have here? I think they have some of the best. Okay. Um, once for combat phase in step four of the attack you can add one to the damage inflicted by one successful attack that's just there's too much in there to make it it's, that's too it's too situational I agree I yeah. think one of mine is um, uh, strongest alone you can re-roll hit rolls for attacks made by this general while there are no other friendly models within six inches of them which I is kind of their thing. They're they're off doing their own thing, and the, you can let the it's rest. It's very themey. Yes. It's dangerous to have your general by it himself, is. especially when a lot of their bubbles and things, you know. Right, but but that is that y you're going to. I think you're going to find yourself, and that's actually especially helpful if you're running like the um, some of the chariots who also have abilities that that uh, mm -hmm. revolve around them being. Uh, six inches. Now you can pick two of these, though. So yes. when you're going to pick two, where do you go with that? I think w one of the ones you ignore all the time is Hunter of God Beasts. I think it's kind of just right. pointless. I kind of like if you're going to take your strongest alone, I'm going to take Monarch of Lies with that. Yes. Pick I... an enemy hero near the or or, or yeah, because you're not going to reroll Battleshock Fest for friendly units within nine because you want to keep them away. Right. Um. Um, you could I, take the craving, craving stare. stare is would be my would be my choice for that one because there are some abilities uh, when it comes to the artifacts of power that really that that you can just decimate uh, units um, in in the morale phase uh, along with a lot of uh, magical options that that let you do that and because if you recall it uh, the as long as the um, the the depravity points are generated if a model is no longer on the table, and that would include fleeing from, uh, failing a, a bravery. Right. Right. Okay. Um, what was the thing that gave the extra? Oh, that was rerolling the ones. Uh, the 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 strength of godhood. Right. Okay. That was that. Okay. That that was in the last. Uh, Army, yeah. right? Okay. Or the strength of godhood is was the uh, 
Oh, reroll hit rolls of ones. Okay, so that the heir to the throne, you got the rerolling hit rolls of ones. Um, you can also take the artifact. Uh, oh, nope. That sorry, I'm reading. I'm reading that completely wrong. I thought here. I thought I was putting together a good combo, and it was the exact opposite. Um, artifacts of power, just healing D three wounds at the start of your hero phase is fantastic. Is great. I on, I honestly I I. There, uh, there are other good ones, but I, it's very hard to argue with that because D three in an army where you are really you're you're going to be hard up for wounds a lot of the time. That's a very difficult thing to pass up, even if the the dice roll itself does mean it could be a little bit little bit fickle. But one 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 wound can make the difference. Mm-hmm. Um. Did I miss something? I, okay, this is where I always get confused, and I don't know if I made a mistake or not. The Breathtaker. You can reroll the dice roll that determines if an enemy hero within six inches of the barrel is affected by the Locus of Diversion battle trait. But when I read that, at the end of the charge phase, uh, each friendly hero, demon hero, within one inch of an enemy can use it. Pick an enemy within an inch of the hero and roll a die, adding one if it's a greater demon. On a four-up, they can't make a pile in. You can't pick the same target. I don't understand. Like, I don't... Did I miss something? You can re-roll the dice that determines if an enemy hero within six inches of the bear is affected. When could you roll that in the first place? Did I miss that? Did I miss that? Like, I don't understand. I am totally not, and maybe I'm just getting this wrong, and if you're listening, folks, and I know you're ready to correct me because I get a lot of rules wrong, but I don't see where, it doesn't say anything about an enemy hero within six inches being affected by the locus of diversion, so how can you re-roll a dice roll that determines if that happens when that's, I don't see that in the rules. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really sure. I hadn't caught that because honestly, I just. I really wasn't I, looking I, at I that. As I don't understand that at all, and that's just me. But that's because we're looking at healing D three wounds. Yeah, hundred percent. Like that's. <laughs> I like. There's some other interesting ones there, but that's. I have a feeling what most people are going to be taking. Yep. Uh, and then you've got the God Seekers. Okay. Yes. Plus the, one to charge rolls. Right off the bat, they're already moving fast. Now they're moving faster. The the Godseeker's entire shtick is is charging. It's all of their stuff. There's so many things that give you, uh, you know, uh, run and charge and uh-huh. retreat and charge, and it's really it's a very um, a lot of your your Godseekers are going to be kind of smaller in terms of just what you're putting on the tabletop, right? But just the ability to get across the table you want to be you want to be charging with as many units as possible every single turn right so uh and this one the big hedonite host you'll have less revelers and more seeker cavalcades makes sense that's kind of their thing the maniacal hunters okay at the end of your charge phase you get d3 depravity points if your general made a charge move in the same turn Add one to the roll if any other friendly Godseeker units made a charge move in that turn. So here's my question, and I know that people are going to send me the answer to this and tell me how stupid I am. I'm adding one to the roll. So when I roll a D3, if I roll a six and I add a one that's a seven, does that count as four? I would say yes. But yeah, but you and I, yeah. 
I that might I have be no something idea. that might be something that either needs to be FAQ'd or already has been and we are just not aware of. I don't think the FAQs are out yet. No, I know that, but, but, yeah, but it's something yeah. similar. Uh, surely something similar must have occurred at some point. Or maybe not. I don't um, know. I do like the sweeping slash. This is basically like impact hits in the command traits. If you charge, roll a die for each enemy unit within an inch, and on a two-up, they take D3 mortals. I, um, I At least for me, my go-to is probably going to be Speed Chaser. Because you you do Retreat not want to get charge. stuck yeah. in, yeah. Because getting because you are that means you're not getting depravity points. A lot of the times you're not getting bonuses on the models, and a lot of the times you're it's it's you need you need to be charging as much as possible. With and these that guys. is a great thing because you could then start charging every turn, and yes. then you're getting that D three depravity are guaranteed points. every turn. To be charging. I can retreat and then charge yes. and then boom. And then they would literally have to surround you to keep you from retreating. Yeah. No. It's, which then they're surrounding you and then you're fighting with right. all this stuff. Yeah. They're, the other ones are good, but at least for me personally, in any list I'm in the lists I've I, the a list I did for the Seekers, that's that's what I'm choosing. Um, I do like um, Cameo of the Dark Prince. Once per battle at the start of the hero phase, just burn it and you get a command point. Which is Which is good. It's not great, but that it it it's a little bit weird that that's that's in here. For me, it would it feels more like that would be something that that should go in the in the um in the invaders. I don't know because this is it's it's a small thing, and with these god seekers, everything's fast and quick. That's you get true. one command point. Look at the other artifacts. Lash of despair at the start of your shooting phase. Roll a die for each enemy unit within six inches. On a four up, they take one mortal wound. Yeah, there, there's the girdle of the realm racer, which is subtract one from your wounds, which is costly, but you get to fly, which, which is moving, good. Once again, moving, moving faster, faster, and you can move over anything. The enrapturing circlet. Enemy units within three inches cannot retreat, and at the start of your hero phase, roll a die for each enemy unit within three inches. On a three up, they take a mortal wound. It's a lot of this little nitpicky stuff. It's a lot of, I can retreat and charge. You can't retreat. I can fly yeah, it's it's you know, about controlling. I'm going to screen my unit. Well, no, I'm going to fly right over your screen. Right. Like there's 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 a lot. It's they're small. Yeah, but I I suppose if you know how to play them, you can really do something with I, it. I have a feeling the seekers are going to be very popular with the people who are are very mechanically minded when it comes to this gives a bonus to this, which interacts uh -huh. with this, and you know everything is very precise. So then we've got some magic, of course. Yes. Slanesh demons only uh, wizards. Yeah, they separate out uh, demon wizards, greater demons, and mortals. Right. Um. So some of these are pretty cool. Yes. And we can run through them. Um. Okay. The la uh, Anytime you're picking points and stuff like that and drawing imaginary straight lines, I just get annoyed. Especially because it's only doing one mortal wound. To the unit, okay? Which is not. Cast on a 5, draw a line 12 inches, whatever unit it goes over, it does a mortal wound on a 4+. plus. That's a lot of, that's a lot a lot of lot hoop of, jumping a, for right, a wound. Right, And especially because, especially recently, getting a mortal wound, mm -hmm. there's a lot of options to get a mortal wound. Right. And, um, even, and you know, on, on a 5, that's... Yeah. Like if that like, were cast, cast on a, on a five, that's really—I mean—that's actually pretty easy on two I mean, D six. But still, right, one hundred percent, it is pretty easy. But like, 
even still, it just seems like a, a waste when there's so many other options. Especially when on a four-up you can pick a hero with uh, uh, a friendly hero within six inches and heal D3 wounds. Especially Which, since again, is, you, you can use it on yourself. To, yes, yeah. you can use it on yourself. Uh, it's, you're going to be hard up for wounds. Um, there's a couple of cool ones in here. I like the Pavane of Slanesh if you're going after heroes. Very good. And Phantasmagoria. Yeah. You cast it on this uh, Pavane on a seven. Pick an enemy here within six inches. Roll the number of dice equal to their move characteristics. So if you're picking a quick hero, yes. which once again, uh, on a on a five up, they take every for every five up they take a mortal wound. Yes, that could be pretty good. Uh, the hysterical frenzy is also on a seven. Pick an enemy wholly within eighteen. Roll a die for each model in the unit for each six. At the unit takes D three mortal wounds. Yes. So th- I like this one. Because if you're going after a horde, you're rolling a lot of dice. Yes, and each that's all, and that's a horde deletion thing, and that, and that's going to be something that I think a lot of Slanesh armies are going to struggle with. And you're only going to hit a sixth of them, but then you're going to average two wounds per each six, so that's up to a third of the unit. Now Correct. you're actually giving mortal wounds to. Correct, and in addition to that, that's going to probably potentially make them a break when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, their the the sort of the morale yep and you've got your soul slice shards which basically is the same thing as as a, as a banshee scream you're yeah. rolling 2d6 and the difference between that and their bravery they take mortal wounds right and Fan- then you've got your phantasmagoria, phantasmagoria. what's th- that's the one you like phantasmagoria has a casting value of seven if successfully cast pick one enemy unit within 18 inches of the caster that is visible to them and roll six dice again there's that number six for each five plus subtract one from that unit's bravery characteristic to a minimum of one until your next hero phase which is going to make again that at least for me that's uh that's something that's another horde horde sort of uh, management tool. Is it because hordes are a lot of time your hordes because you got 10 20 30 models they're already getting a plus 3 or a plus 4 to their bravery. And so and especially if it's one of these hordes that are like and like I said I'm always playing hordes of, of undead so it's always this high leadership anyway. Uh, I I don't I don't dislike it, but you got to find a way to really use that bravery bomb in there, and, and I just think especially for but for for things uh, the pretenders especially that do play a lot with that bravery. That's a that's a huge uh, a huge boon, you know. Um. <clears throat> no, I don't disagree with you at all. Um. Not a bit. I'm just. I'm just saying. There are there. I, I think their their spells are very strong. There are a lot of good options. There's a lot of there's a lot of bits of mortal wound doing in these spells. Very for, much for so. the demon wizards. Which again, and every time you do that, that's another po- you know portion of of getting you one step closer to a uh, a free keeper of secrets. Right, and then your greater demons, your Slaneshi greater demons, which is going to be your keeper of secrets. Um, they can either cast something to make themselves fly, uh, throw something on a five, they heal D3 wounds to them or a different hero within six, a demon hedonite hero within six inches. If you roll a 10 on that, you heal D6 wounds. I think that's when you're going to see your keeper of secrets. I think that's definitely, definitely something using. you're going to be, especially if, if you're not, that's something, especially, you know, if I'm not. I might not have like an amazing thing I need to do right now. That's something that I will always be trying to cast if I have that you know spare spell slot. 
even if I'm like only two or three wounds down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and then the last one that they've got is, uh, th- I love these types of spells. Harrison's army has all sorts of stuff that does yes. this. And it irritates the heck out of your opponent. On a 7-up, pick a hero within 12 inches until their next hero phase. They can't use command abilities or run or charge. Which is, again, that's... Your Slanesh is about, main, like, you get to set how the engagement goes. I am taking away your ability to play yes. the game. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Mortal Wizards, a little less. Um... You can, um, on a 5-up, pick a friendly mortal Slanesh unit with an 18, and they don't have to take Battleshock tests. If you roll a 10 for that, once again, if you double the roll, you do really well. Up to three units don't have to take a Battleshock test. Um, Judgment of Excess, pick an enemy unit within 12. They take a mortal wound for every five models in the unit. A minimum of one mortal wound. Right. Okay, on a 5, I can pick an enemy unit. If I'm coming in with my horde of 40, you know, 40, 40 whatever, my, sure. yeah, my, from my, my Nighthaunt uh, army, my 40, you know, the whatever they're called. The Chain Rasps. Uh, yeah, the Chain Rasps. That's eight mortal wounds. That's, that's nothing to sneeze at. That really isn't. Right. And suddenly, okay, and so I might save one or two of them because I got my death save, but that's still six wounds that I took that I'm adding to my wounds at the end of right. the Battleshock phase. Right. Which that's... On, on hordes, that's a great spell. Yes. Uh, and then the Dark Delusion same casts with, on a same board. Same with the next one, because it's such a low casting cost, and, and that's part of why it's it's so good. Uh, and this one, it's 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 not the difference in bravery doing mortal wounds. Roll 2d6, and if it's higher than their bravery characteristic, add one to hit rolls for attacks that target that unit till your next hero phase. So that's where now your demonettes are coming yes. in. Yes. And you've got 30 demonettes, and they got two attacks apiece, and now they're hitting on threes re-rolling ones yes if, you're, is, if they're in the right I mean, army you know yeah again that's potentially unit deleting so many because wounds. you know it, it a, a plus one to hit for you know we'll just say a, a unit of like five or ten that's nice but when you get into the potentiality that you're throwing like 40 or 50 dice at something a, a plus one makes a statistically a much larger difference. That is true. Oh, wait a minute. I just realized something. What? Okay. Um, well, well, we'll get to it when we get to it because we're going we're gonna to cover one or two more quick things uh, and then we're going to take a break. Uh, the Fane of Slanesh is the... Uh, it's their terrain It's piece. their terrain feature. Um, I like this thing. I, I love the model. it's cool. Uh, I mean, it's not super great, but the model looks great. Yeah, the model looks great. The rules itself are kind of eh, if we're being you, uh, it's not free. bad but it's free that's the that's the big thing if 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 this were a hundred points i really don't see a lot of people taking it but it's free so unless you just don't have the model which is something but if you have it that you really there's no point here's not the to important thing you got your heroes and a lot yes. of times you got your heroes who are trying to charge into combat but when you summon up a unit it has to be within 12 inches of the hero and nine inches away from the enemy. Correct. You can do. You can count this as the hero. Yes, that's that's the, a big that's deal. The powerful part is, and and especially because you only have to set it up. Uh, uh, you can set up. It still has to be nine from any enemy model, but you. But if you're setting this thing up in your away, away from the the main part where the battle's going to take that's place, that's not going to be a problem. Exactly. 
Um, and then it's got some other cool stuff. Uh, you can pick a friendly Celeste hero within an inch and make a sacrifice. That hero takes a mortal wound, and then uh, a roll a die, and on a two-up, you get plus one to hit rolls for attacks made by that hero. Um, if you're near the terrain feature, let's say you're near the terrain feature, uh, for whatever reason, some stuff's coming. Plus one to the attacks, especially for some of these heroes with a lot of attacks. Plus one to attacks. Is not on, bad. On, well, uh, wouldn't that Sigvald? Yeah. You know? Very, and we'll get to Sigvald because, oh, 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 oh Sigvald. Now, if the hero you picked has an artifact of power... They can sacrifice the artifact of power. If they do so, it can no longer be used, and you must roll a die on a one. Nothing happens on a two up. At so here's the thing: if you have one of those artifact of power, that's a one use thing. That's that's right. There's no you question. Use it, ask you sacrifice. And you then get you that sacrifice plus one. it. But I, I some of some of them. It depend. I think it really depends on how on what exactly you've you've been using your artifacts for. Like, some of them, I, I mean, I'm not sacrificing the thing that gives me flying. Well, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there are some artifacts that are one-use artifacts. Yes. And if you have a guy who you gave that to, maybe you took a bunch of battalions. And so you've yeah. used... so you got you know, a bunch of access. you got a right. bunch of them. Burn them! Right, right. There's no reason not to in, in that case. So... Here's the thing that uh, before we take another break and come back and talk about some of these units and talk about some of the lists we made, um, I just realized if you want to take the Hedonite host, yes, okay, if you're taking the big host, and that's the thing where it keeps saying if you take the host, then uh, in if you're uh, all of the different um, the pretenders, god seekers, uh, and invaders, they all modify what okay. is in the host. So the in, the invaders get more revelers and less cavalcades, which is the which is the the runners because right. they are more about the the, the actual army and the invasion. The god seeker does the exact opposite: less right. foot soldiers, more more uh, cavalcades. Cavalcades, but that's where the pretenders come in. The Supreme Sybarite, if you're taking the Hedonite host, you have to take that battalion. Yes. And so if you're a pretender army taking this, you take that host, There, that's actually a penalty. Everybody it else makes adjustments. It, yes, it, it doesn't make any sense. There's no... I. It, it really it, is... If, a, if you're playing a narrative game... In a narrative game, yes, but like just as a rules perspective, it doesn't make any sense for for you to to take that. And no, the- it doesn't, and that's fine. It's just, I mean, I'm just saying that because I'm like, why would you even ever take that? It's not oh, because you may have to if, take it. If you have to, yes, but otherwise, there's no reason for you to waste. I think it's like a, I don't even remember how much it is for the for the Supreme Sybarite. Let me check the. Uh, the cost because I, if I recall it's or the um, not the the supreme sybarite it's 150 points that's another unit it can be yeah it just seems like uh, yeah not, not something I would I would take right if I, if I were pretenders that is or, uh, that is to say I see that um Okay, so is there are there any battalions though that you look at and you're like, oh, these battalions are really good, or the bonus is really good that you uh, like? There is one of the one or two. Where is the? Uh, so the seeker cavalcade. 
which is uh, two to six units of Seekers, Bliss Barb Seekers, Slick Blade Seekers, or Hell Striders in any combination, and zero to four units of Seeker Cal Chariots. If you're doing God Seekers, you essentially are already going to qualify for this. There's no reason not to take it. Okay. It's not that expensive, and the ability drawn to battle... Units from this battalion are eligible to fight in the combat phase if they are within six inches of an enemy unit instead of three and can move an extra three inches when they pile well, in. Well, you'd have to because if you're six inches, you, right. you need that. So you, you got a six-inch pile in, and uh, you can fight. Uh, yeah. Fight within six. And the you're, you most of those guys are going to be bigger bases, especially the chariots. And if you don't want to get drawn into combat, which you, you have don't. to say six. You have to say you, not more than three. You got to say more than six inches away. That is difficult. Yes, it is. But giving you more options for that is is really good because again, with the with the God Seekers, you want to be charging as much as is possible. Right. Any others? Um. Is the the other one? The Epicurean Revelers are also quite good. Uh, two to six units of Demonettes and zero to four Hellflayers, Exalted Chariots, or units of Fiends in any combination. Uh, their ability, Perfect Destroyers, if the unmodified wound roll for an attack made with a melee weapon by a Demonette from this battalion is six, that attack inflicts one mortal wound on the target, and the attack sequence ends. Do not make a save roll. This is in addition well, so to the all sixes to hit do double or triple wound, wound rolls, rolls and sixes and to again, wound. Yes. Ah, yes. so these are pretty good. They, yes, no, the this one is really good. If you're doing if you're doing in in uh And the depraved carnival's not bad either. Honestly, there's a lot of really strong options. A unit for of this. archers can shoot during the hero phase. Uh the pain bringers and the twin souls if you charge you can reroll wound rolls the sp the speed knights give oh well yeah yeah d6 units can move up to 6 inches right off the bat again that's another option if you're doing god of course if you roll a 1 you're going to be ticked but you, you know but, that's you know but that's 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 the price you pay for that kind of thing hey you never know slanesh is fickle they all of the chaos gods are fickle and slanesh more than most <laughs> But but even even that one that can set you up, you know, if if you that can set you up to be getting that that charge potentially turn one if you if you are if you play it right. Yeah, I guess it could. All right, break time. Awesome. We're hitting. We're getting. We're hitting the longer haul here. I need to take. I need to take a break at this point. Um, so let's take a breather and we'll come back and we'll start talking some units and some lists uh, in just a moment. What in the eight realms is that thing? Odlek Renderson looked out over the rolling autumnal fields towards the woods beyond, squinting at the immensity that was even now emerging from the shadow of Oaken Ridge. Some kind of demon, like enough, replied Greg the Shoveler, expertly reloading the cannon on the Cogford's dorsal cupola. Whatever it is, it's dead. Renderson wasn't so sure about that. The sound of chanting, that damnable, repetitive chanting that had robbed his sleep for the last three days was growing louder, as if goading the monstrous thing that had emerged from the woods to action. He knew it too well by now. Its cadence was impossible to get out of his head. 
Charshagansaslanazar. The same phrase over and over. He'd found himself saying it now and again when no one else was around. Charshagansaslanazar. I'll bet a month's wages it's called Charshagansaslarna something, said Timrick, the youngster sent to act as their powder monkey. Uglek shot him a black look and then stared back out at the field. A shaft of light was streaming through the cloud-choked skies, illuminating the creature as if the heavens themselves were looking directly upon it. It was perhaps 40 feet tall, with six slender limbs and an elongated bovine head. It gave a low moan as if in anticipation as it broke into a graceful, loping run. Somehow, despite its hideous anatomy, it was the most beautiful thing Odlek had ever seen. Griggs' bass tone broke the reverie. Well? Right, said Odlek, tugging at his clothing. It felt way too tight. Yes, open fire! The cannon boomed a moment later, the explosive cylinder hurtling toward the thing, even as its brother gun spoke a second later. The towering white demon leaned to one side with impossible quickness, the first shot whipping past its hip which was adorned with piercings. The other shell, it caught in its claw as if it were snatching a falling leaf from the air. Grunge these beard, breathed Odlek. That's not good. He watched wide-eyed as the creature raised the iron cylinder to its maw, leaned back its head, and swallowed it before licking its lips in satisfaction. Then, with a great roar of adulation, hundreds of pale, near-naked revelers poured out from the tree line. Some were human, some half-beast in the manner of the forest people. Others were demonic. Nothing else could look so vile and so alluring all at the same time. Yet they were but insects next to the magnificence of their lord. After another few seconds of watching the titanic god stride forwards, Odlek nodded as if finally confirming a supposition. Then. Slicking back his hair with spit and straightening his iron welder's apron, he abandoned his position and went downstairs to open the portcullis, a singular phrase upon his lips that he muttered louder and louder until it became a shout. Charshagansa Slanazar! Okay, folks, we're back. And we're back. And let's see. Now, once again, I know some of these units have changed from the old book, but I don't want to get into I don't want to get bogged down in the minutia of all of the units. Um, but I do want to talk about how many wizards and different spells you have in this army. There are a plethora of options when it comes to magic mm -hmm. and almost all of them have their own special spells which is good because you're you're going to be ca you're going to be casting quite a lot uh-huh um now i'm looking at this going you got your keeper of secrets which has all sorts of i mean he's he's great he's got keeper all of sorts secrets of is fantastic uh the model the unit the lore it's all good yeah, I mean, just the dark temptation stuff that he can do, where he can he can he can just go after heroes and and mess with them. Um, they either have to accept or refuse temptation. I That's love, such a great it's thing. So good. I I always envision playing in a tournament and like bringing little like, oh, you want some candy? I'm offering yep. you temptation. <laughs> 
Um, he can pick monsters and uh, subtract one from hit rolls from them with the with the living whip. Uh, there's just all sorts of things he can do. The ritual knife. You can do mortal wounds. Uh, there's there's just so many cool little things here. Um, if any models were slain by wounds inflicted by models' attacks, it can heal up to D3 wounds on this model. If enemy heroes were slain, you can heal D6 wounds. There's a lot of ability to heal your Keeper of Secrets. Which, which you're going to need because it is a massive model that is, I'm not going to say always is going to be your general, but fairly likely to be your general and is going to draw a lot of fire because if they get in combat, they can really, really hurt things. Well, and it's got, a, it's got 14 wounds, but it's only got a 4-up save. Right, if but I it, hit it with a horde, it, it also could. has a fourteen-inch movement. That is true, and it can uh, you can pick guys who can retreat and then charge Correct. to his special abilities. Uh. But if I can get a horde into it with a lot of attacks with that four-up save, I literally with a four-up save, I need to get twenty-eight wounds on it, and I've done stuff like that. Yes, it's possible, especially with this. You can get your big units of even your chain rasps. I got forty guys with two attacks apiece. And I got a battalion where I'm rerolling hits, failed hits. It's it's definitely possible, and it's something that you are going to have to be cognizant of when you are playing this army. There's there's a reason why so many of the abilities revolve around controlling how and where and when you engage, because that's really going to be the determining factor between whether or not you get to live or you're going to get shot by a bunch of uh, Lumineth arrows and die turn one. Uh, okay. Um, before before we move on from mm-hmm. the Keeper of Secrets, I want to touch on the, the their magic and their com- special command ability. Right, yeah, I was getting to that amazing. too. Yeah. So their magic, um, they can cast two and unbind two. Obviously they know Arcane Bolt and Mystic Shield. But they also know Cancophonic Choir. Uh, Cancophonic Choir has a casting value of 6. If successfully cast, roll 2d6. Each enemy unit within 6 inches of the caster that has a bravery characteristic of less than the roll suffers d3 mortal wounds. So, if once again, you're getting this guy into the middle of the fight. There's a bunch of units around him. And they're just... And a lot of these things only do a couple of mortal wounds. But there's a lot of couple of mortal wounds right. that add up really quickly. And again, if you're doing Pretender, you want this guy alone and you want him stuck in. And this is perfect for that because there's so many, um, so many. In there now, correct me if I'm wrong. Bravery characteristic would mean modifiers do not affect that. I don't think so. I, I don't. I'm not certain. Okay, that's but, I, but I regardless, confused. that's still very powerful for... Mm-hmm. I mean, D3 mortal wounds, on a, on, if you're rolling 2D6, that's going to average a 7, which isn't great. You just have to be higher than them. And a lot right. of, you know... Sure, there's stuff that has 10s because they don't... But, but there's a whole lot of armies that have 4s, 5s, 6s, you know? Yes, I and, mean, if and you're... And a good-sized roll, suddenly you're like, oh, I'm doing D3 mortals to everything. Pretty much, correct. And then and then the command ability, where I think is, is one of the really the shining points of, of this model. You can use this command ability in the combat phase when it is your turn to pick a unit to fight with. If you do so... Pick one other friendly Hedonite unit that has already fought once in that phase and is wholly within 12 inches of a model with this command ability. 
that unit can be picked to fight for a second time if it is within three inches of an enemy of any enemy units. You cannot pick the same unit to benefit from this command ability more than once in the same phase. But you can pick the Keeper of Secrets. Yes, you can, because can they're within itself. 12 inches of a model with this command ability. So it can attack, and then something near it can attack, and the thing near it that attacks can let this thing attack again. Correct. Or you could pick Sigval. Yes, you could. Which is, he's got some cool rules, and I'm not saying he's the greatest, but I mean, but there's he's things the greatest. With, with a bucket of attacks... Getting to attack again is always good. I mean, this Very thing's got so. this thing's got uh, what one attack with the knife, three, two with the claws, four with the blade. You may even pick something else, dude. Seleski with twelve attacks. Yeah, you know, oh, Seleski attacks, and now I'm going to attack with my keeper secrets, but I'm going to spend a point and go Seleski do its twelve attacks again. You know, which by the way. Um, this is one that I did put into my list. This Celeste is a very yeah. good choice. I didn't include Celeste, but but yeah. Nine wounds, four up save, four attacks, fours by threes, rend two damage, D3, then eight attacks, threes by fours, rend one damage, one. Um, it's a wizard. It can also cast its own spell. It goes off on a seven, pick an enemy hero with an 18. That hero cannot use command abilities until your next hero phase. Celeste has a command ability that uses at the start of the battle shock phase. If this models your general and on the battlefield, if you do so until the end of the phase, don't take battle shock test for units within 18. Like, there's just a lot of cool stuff in here um, that it can do. And, you know, you take that, and I actually, I had a Celeste and, what was it, two contorted epitomies and the uh, Infernal and Rapturous. You know, that right there, it was, uh, what, 770 points. And then that was my, that was my, I picked such a stupid <laughs> army. I, I, I don't think either of us, our lists are going to be winning any tournaments anytime no. soon. <laughs> but it was that, and then I'm like, okay, throw in a bunch of demonettes, uh, throw in some archers, and then uh, I, I would like, I'd like a few, uh, you know, um, what were they? What are the good guys? The hell was it the hell not the hell striders? The, uh, uh, the, uh, the seeker, the no, post barb seekers? No, the, the guys who are really good, not the Lord of Pain, but the actual really good, oh, the pain bringers. The pain bringers, yes. Yeah, mm. and then I was like, I was at 2000, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I didn't take anything yeah, quick, but I wasn't uh, taking a. Points tend to disappear if you're doing uh, a, a lot of these armies. But I and, and like I said, I like the contorted epitome, and they get yes. two spells apiece. So I took two of them and this, and it's like suddenly I've got, uh, I've got four, I've got five spells I'm casting. I got five dispels. I've got the Enrapturus who's messing around with my opponents. Uh, spells, which I think is really kind of nice against an enemy who's throwing a lot of spells out. Yes, absolutely. You know, like like uh, well, Harrison's army. Yes, Lumineth. Yeah. They're uh, so you've got uh, so let's see. Well, Celeski's got all her cool stuff. Shalaxi Hellbane is the named demon. Uh, the named Keeper of Secrets. Keeper yeah, of Secrets. Very... And he's got some cool stuff too. Um, but then, like, yeah, the Enrapturous, reroll successful enemy wizards within 24. So, yeah, it, this just happens. Yeah. And so when you've got her, you move her up. And now, granted, you're, they're going to just try to take her right off the field with, a, with with bows and arrows. But if you can 
that's not going to happen until after the magic phase. Sh- if you can sh- get her up, Shalaxi's whole thing is is she kills heroes. That's that's canonically she's there to kill bloodthirsters and champions of other gods, and and mm-hmm. all of her rules really really kind of oh. revolve around that. I mean, if you look at her her magic, refined senses, refined senses is a casting value of four. If successfully cast until your next hero phase. You can re-roll hit rolls for attacks made by the caster that target a hero, and you can re-roll save rolls for attacks made by heroes that target the caster. And that's a four. So you are essentially going... You are almost guaranteed to get that off essentially every turn. Oh, uh, yeah. No, Shalaxi's actually really cool. Yes, very much so. And, and you know, there, she's she's got... She doesn't have a lot of attacks, but they're, they're high-rend and... Some of them are, are fairly. Do high you damage. like her better than the Keeper of Secrets? It's. I think she. She. If. If I'm. If I real. If I know I'm going to be dealing with something with a really hardcore hero, you know, group, I am absolutely taking her. But generally, I'm. Per, I personally would probably just go with a generic Keeper of Secrets, if for no other reason than I don't tend to run special characters. Okay. Uh, and the Keeper of Secrets does have that cool excessive yes, violence command, which ability. is something you really—it's—it's it's excessive and wonderful. <laughs> and the nice thing is that uh, the Keeper of Secrets can move pretty quick, so you yes. can put it in a God Seeker. No, army. it can keep up with with chariots. Honestly, it yeah. goes faster than a lot of the chariots, <laughs> which is fantastic. Okay, so then you get this contorted epitome, which is like I said, I got—I had two of those in in my dumb list. Um, it can do two spells. It can dispel two spells. Uh, its spell um, goes off on a seven. If uh, pick D three enemy units within twenty four inches and reroll hit rolls of one for attacks that target those units. I've got you know you can only cast it once per. Fa- you can't. They can't both cast it. No. But you're cast. You can cast other 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 spells. other spells. You've still got your arcane bolt, your mystic shield. Um, and I just love uh, what it does. And I, as, as I did, the thing is, as I did this, I was like, well, you know, this is probably a pretty dumb to take two of these. Um, but it is a uh, it is a demon, so it would have to take off the demon list of spells. Yeah. And it is not a greater demon. It has to take off just the regular demon list. But that's but there's some good options on the demon list. Yeah, and it's and there's that's the one that's got all those spells. It's yes. got six spells, so you yes. can give it something pretty good. Um, it's got that swallow energy. It it ignores mortal wounds on a two up, it's which is a, that's amazing. The, yeah. And then you roll a die for each enemy unit within three inches of the model on a four-up. This model cannot be picked as target of attacks made by that unit. So, until this model makes any attacks. So, if you just don't, if you attack with everything else first, you can really possibly get away with not it, having it not even really be attacked. No, you, you, that's really, uh, really possible. They're not. Awful. But taking in two uh, as I'm as I'm looking at my list, taking two of this was stupid. They're they're not terrible in combat, but that's not really where they shine. Yeah. They they actually have a, a fairly surprising amount of attacks. They have eleven attacks in total, threes to hit, fours to wound, one has uh rend one, the other has rend two, but it's one damage and, and two damage respectfully, and they're not they're not 
it's not bad, but that's not what they what you should really be. Fo- if you're having them charge in every turn, I, I really do think you're you're using them wrong. Yeah. So you know what? And I'm looking at this. So I'm I'm gonna take one of those out of my list anyway, and I'm just either gonna put in either uh, Bladebringer, Herald on a Hellflayer, or uh, Bladebringer on a Secret Chariot, just because it's about the same points. Yeah. And you could, I could totally do that. Or, yeah, or throw in a, another unit of 11 archers. Well, that's you know, those are, a, that's a very decent very decent choice. Or there. five of the Bliss Barb Seekers. Also a very good choice. Yeah. So There's a lot of, of very good choices. All right. So the epitome is cool. The, like I said, the Enrapturous, she's going to stop successful casting rolls. Uh, you know, the different, the, the Hellflayer, the Secret. And the thing is, I, we went to look for pictures in this book. For the different things, and I just don't see them. Like I don't even know. Like I'm trying to look at the difference between these things, and I can't find them because they're not even. They don't have all the models. They've got the herald on an exalted chariot. They've got the herald on a seeker chariot, which is just the smaller exalted chariot. But then where is the hellflayer? Oh, there's there's one in the picture here, which is. Um, and the picture of the whole army. So how is that different than the secret chariot or the exalted chariot? The exalted chariot looks a lot like, I don't know. I don't care. It just irritates me that I can't see pictures of them and I can't find them on their website when I'm looking for them. That's just me. I get I get fussy. Yeah. I, uh, I so let's kind of go through the different, I mean, the chariots are all fast and they're pretty cool. They don't do a ton ton of damage but they have such a they have so many attacks yeah. that's what makes it awesome and they're all threes by fours with one rend i mean that exalted chariot has 15 attacks threes by fours with one rend one damage and another eight threes by fours with no rend and they're wizards so they're casting spells again and yeah. re-rolling ones to on the attack is their spell that they can cast. Yeah. So they cast that on themselves, and then they're rolling threes, re-rolling ones. It's so it's so good. And a lot of a lot of them do have uh, retreat and charge. Um, the the Bladebringer Herald on Sacred Chariot has retreat and charge, and I thought. Oh, I lied. I thought that the uh, on Exalted Chariot also, but that's just the uh, that's just the blade the. Um, the secret chariot. Just the secret chariot. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I said, demonettes with two attacks is nice. Um, let's talk about, and we've got the Hell Striders. Let's talk about Glutos or, Scul- or Scullion, the Lord of Gluttony, because he's new. We'll talk about him, and we'll talk about, uh, definitely talk about Oh, we, we have to talk about Sigmund. All right. Now, Glutos, this guy, actually, if you're going to pick someone to be in your army, this seems like the guy to put out there. 18 wounds, three up save. Yeah, he's thick. Yeah, he's got the best defenses. Uh, let's see. He has no ranged attack, but he's, now, look at this. Uh, his great blade, three attacks, threes by threes, two ren, two damage. The Scourge, two attacks, threes by fours, one damage. The Dagger, one attack, fours by threes, one damage. The Crushing Claws, up to six attacks, threes by threes, one rend, and three damage. So he can deal out some damage. 
Yes, and and he, he doesn't move very fast. Well, no, he's a big fat man being carried by some mutants. It's not exactly the most efficient transportation method in the world. But he's got a lot of friends on there with him, and they do some wonderful things. And this is much like the uh, head of the 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 Mortark for the uh, Bone Reapers. Yeah. Where you've got him and all of his little servants, and as, once he starts taking wounds, he starts losing servants. Yeah, same the same thing here, and they as it's along with the the movement characteristic and the the a number of attacks for the claws going down, the amount of companions and who who is there also goes down. So he's got the Painbringer, the Lashmaster, and the prince, the Priestess. Okay, so the priestess is when she's the first one to go. You've got the all. Uh, they come with him. So let's take a look at this. Um, he's got some different abilities. Oh, he gains a new ability each round, and they're cumulative. Okay. So first off, round one, he gets plus one bravery for mortals with near him. You get to round two, you can run and char- he can run and charge. You get to round three, you don't take battle shocks for mortals within 12 inches. I will say the one thing you're missing is the name of all of these abilities. Oh, the aperitif is round one. The the main course. Okay, I see. Yes. Round four is dessert. At the end of your hero phase, you can replace the spell this model knows from the lore of pain and pleasure table with a new spell. In addition, he can cast an extra spell in your hero phase. So he can actually go and change up spells yeah. in round four if yes. that's not which is fantastic if, if you know after four rounds something can change that, for, yes that's the dessert in round four and in round five is the digestive reroll casting dispelling and unbinding rolls okay so pretty good I you that's know a lot, okay there's a lot of bookkeeping with there this is guy, a though. there's a lot of bookkeeping you're hundred percent right uh, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by enemy units within 12 inches of this model. Um, the at- Lear Staff of Lothshar. Uh, add one to casting, dispelling, and unbinding rolls for this model. So you're already getting that plus one in addition to the digestif round which five. Is only bonus. in round five, but- which is is not gr- it's not great, it, but it's a little something extra, just like a digestif. All right. So now the princess, who is the first one you lose, Pr- uh, priestess. A uh, priestess. Sorry. Uh, in your hero phase, you can let her call to Slanesh. If you do so, roll a dice. On a two-up, until your next hero phase, you can you get a five-up... Oh. You get a five-up ward against wounds and mortal wounds. So she goes away first after four wounds. But if you in, the, at, in your hero phase, you're definitely... On a two-up, you're getting a five-up ward save. And, the th- and, and now correct me if I'm wrong. If I were to say suffer... Uh, suffer four wounds, but then heal those. She her she would come back, right? Oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah. It's wounds suffered. If so, if you are if you suddenly are if you have seven wounds and now you're down to three wounds, you've got all your guys back. That's the beauty of it. Um, the next person you will lose is the lash master. He allows you to reroll charge rolls. Uh, and then the last one, the guy that you have, and once you've got more than 12 wounds, all of these guys are gone. Correct. But the last guy to go is your pain bringer. Um, if the unmodified wound roll for the wailing great blade is a six, it does two mortal wounds. So it's basically, uh, it's got three attacks. I said threes by threes, two rend damage, two. If you roll a six, 
for any of those attacks. It just automatically does the damage. It just does it. You su- the two mortal wounds, and then the it ends. Yep. That, I mean, we've seen that with a lot of models. Yeah, that's that's fairly common, but it's it's a nice bonus, especially when you're, you know, you're getting three of them. It's you're you're stu- you're gonna probably get at least one of those off. So all of these things, it's a lot of bookkeeping, like I said, very much. So. But he's got a lot of cool things he can do. You just have to keep track of all of it. Yes. Um, his command ability, you can use it once per turn in the hero phase. Pick a friendly uh, unit within twelve. Until your next hero phase, if an enemy unit is destroyed by an attack made by that unit, and there are wounds that remain to be allocated to the enemy unit from that attack, heal the same number of wounds allocated to that Hedonite unit. Okay, that's a lot of stuff. But basically, I pick a unit, I do all these attacks, I do I do, I do 15 wounds. And there's only 10 wounds on there, I can then heal 5 wounds. Yeah. So whatever you do in excess, that's it's... Uh, it's an, it's just another method to it's make sure what you have. It's super situational. I I'm not necessarily I don't know. Well, I guess suppose you yes it is. You got to have a unit that you can wipe out in way in excess of what they can save and they don't save enough to do but, it. I mean, but that's that's your your keeper of secrets is hurt. There's a there's a unit of two or three guys. You go in there, you wail on them. <laughs> and you just Yep. You're all of a sudden you are back to moving 14 inches. And he's a wizard. He can cast an unbind two, and he's got his arcane bolt, his mystic shield, and crippling famishment. On a seven, pick an enemy unit with an 18, and until your next hero phase, half their movement, half their run rolls, and half their charge rolls. Again, you get to control where, how, and when you engage with the enemy, and this is just another tool to tool to be able to do that. Very cool. Um, oh, wow. Those Bliss Barb Seekers, man. They're good. I mean, Three attacks with their bow, fours yes. by fours, one rend, one damage, and, and, and they can run and shoot? Correct. And they, uh, in an army, there's not a lot of ranged in this army, but the range that they do have, those, those Bliss Barbs, are excellent. 18 inches with a 14-inch move. The archers only get two attacks on foot. But they're still 18-inch, fours by fours, one rend, one damage. That's pretty good. They Yes. That's, I mean, I'm not so. complaining about that. No. I, I, I will. These are definitely guys you want on your flanks to be dealing with some stuff. All right. So let's talk about Sigvald. Yes. Uh, unless, well, you know what? Let's get the shard speaker quick out of the way. Okay, yeah. Because uh, he's like the new wizard. Yes. And the only thing I want to talk he's, you know, five wounds, five up save. He's got... And okay, he's got two attacks, fours by threes, no rend, but D three damage. Not bad. And then but the shadow not really cloaked, what you're doing. Yeah, and then the shadow cloaked claws. Uh, if this metal, okay, if he successfully casts a spell that's not unbound until your next hero phase, it can attack using the shadow cloaked claws melee weapon, and you can add two to save rolls for attacks. So if he gets a spell off, his save goes to three, and he gets to use the shadow claw. Which is four attacks, threes by threes, two rend, and one damage. This guy's actually not bad. No, and he's not particularly expensive. I want to say he's only a couple, like like 200? I don't think he was even that much. Shard speaker... 150. For 150? Yeah. I I will take one of those. I will definitely take one of those. Uh, 
you know, and then he's got a the, the mirror in the shooting phase. Pick an enemy unit within nine inches. Roll a die on a three up. Add one to wound rolls for attacks that target them. You can't do that more than once. But I can, so I, I can plus one to wound a, a unit near him. And his spell goes off on a six. Pick an enemy unit within 12. Minus one from the wound rolls for attacks made by that unit. In the That's combat pretty phase. good. That's pretty so good. They're minus one to wound. You're plus one to wound them from any in the sh- in the shooting phase. Oh, in the shooting. Wait, in once per, in the shooting phase, you can pick an enemy unit and add one to rules for attacks that target that unit in the following combat phase. So in the shooting phase, you pick it. Right. You you pick it in the shooting phase, but it applies for the combat phase. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, and, and again for 150 points, throwing one of those in there, not a bad idea. And for people who already own uh, Slanesh Army, there's a lo- there's enough cool new stuff, new oh, bottles, yes. new things in here where Very you could really be so. doing something. All right, time to talk sick. Yes, we get to talk about the Golden Boy. Now this guy's got only six wounds. He's got nine bravery. He's got a three up save. And I will say a six-inch move, which does matter. Yeah. Um, okay. If he fights at the oh, this model fights at the start of the combat phase. If he made a charge move, it cannot fight again unless an ability or spell allows him to fight more than once. So he farts at the farts. He fights at the start of the combat phase, even before anything else that fights first. If I if I think if that, I, yeah, would, I mean, unless something else correct. fights at the start of the combat phase, right. but then whoever's turn it is gets to pick who does that first. Right. So now, um. Shard slash, he it's twos by threes with two rend and D three well, damage. I, I think we should touch on the power well, by that, Vanglory first. Well, that's yeah, but that's well, no, that's what I'm saying. This is this is what his weapon does. Now, how many attacks is is determined by this? But twos by threes with two rend and three damage. Now, how many attacks does he get? This depends. Per his powered by Vanglory rule, add three to the charge rolls for this model. In addition, the attack's characteristic of shard slash is either five or equal to the unmodified charge roll made for this model in the same turn, whichever is higher. So that plus three doesn't affect your... Unfortunately, it does not, and nor do any of the other bonuses that you can potentially get to your charge. But you are guaranteed a minimum of five twos to hit, threes to wound, ren two, damage d3. Mm Mm-hmm. And potentially up to 12. 12, Yeah. Which is terrifying. So you want to charge as often as you can. Now, he cannot retreat and charge or run and charge. So you want to get him in there. Yes. And you want to, I mean, so the cool, the thing about this is he's got basically five attacks. Because how many turns are you going to be charging with him? Unless everything is wiped out near him. You, you really have to play he's, smart with him. Yes, he's not going to be this is not a, a a hammer this is a scalpel right but in addition to all of that there's an additional rule for shard slash yeah you can't negate wounds wounds inflicted by an attack made with shard slash cannot be negated so you've got your regular save but Correct. all of these different war, wards Ward and saves, that negate death wounds saves it if it says it negates a wound you don't get it correct which is fantastic because mm-hmm. so many especially heroes and stuff their capability to real deal to really deal with damage is not their armor save which might be fine it's ward saves or or 
you well, know, which whatever. Which Sigvald also has. He's got yes. a four-up award also... against wounds and mortal wounds. So right. he's got threes by fours. Yeah. it's it, he's He is delicate, and he is a princess, and he is absolutely terrifying that you do not want to let him get into close combat with you. Yeah. I mean, now, I mean, you can take him down. Oh, it's, I it's mean, entirely by a possible. Number, it's, it's entirely yeah. possible for for him to be taken down. Honestly, with a with some poor dice rolls and a good turn of shooting. But if you are smart, you're screening him with something because his you're not going to slow him down. He only has movement six, so keep him behind a a blob of demon nets or some some seekers or or something to to make sure that he's safe until he can get into enemy lines and he can just wreck havoc. And the thing is to the thing is to pick who you're pick who you're targeting with that. I yes. mean especially if you've got an enemy that's got a 5 up or a 6 up save. Right. Because then they get no save. Then there's nothing at all. Then Correct. you're going in there with, even if you just have five attacks, you're probably hitting with all five on a two-up. You're wounding with four of those. Yeah. And then, so you're doing on an average about eight yeah. damage. Which is a, which is a lot. Yeah. With a, And there there are heroes that have five-up saves. Heck, four-up saves, the two rend, you're dropping them to six. Right. Uh, and a, with a lot of these guys with these special abilities that ignore one rend. Yes. Well, he's got two. He's got two, so it doesn't it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the sort of like mid tier heroes have like a have a little bit worse of a save, but ha- but relying on that sort of you know feel no pain or whatever sort of negate negate negation uh, ability they have. And Sigvald does not care about that at all. And no, it's he is cool. he's. I I have him in the in the I did a seeker list. Uh, mm-hmm. In a God Seeker list, and I, I, I included included Sigvald because of course, why wouldn't you? And and, and as an aside, that model yeah. is amazing. It's very good. I'm looking at these fiend bloods. Now they've only got a five up safe, but they got three wounds apiece. They come in units of three. They're like 140 points for three of them. Yeah, it's a little expensive, but they're they're pretty. good. Good. I honestly would probably put Sigvald with some of these guys. But uh, see, but they only have razor sharp claws. It's only the champion that gets the weapon. So it's threes attacks, fours by threes, one rend, one damage. That's where if they charge, they get an extra attack. And at the end of the combat phase, pick an enemy unit within three. Roll a dice for each model in the unit on a four. This, here's where here's where this it gets is where good. they're good. Roll a die for each model in the unit, and on a four up, they take a mortal. So once again, you charge these guys into a horde, and at the end of the combat phase, as long as any of them are still alive, you're rolling a bucket of dice against your horde, and you're doing mortal wounds on half of them. Yes, 100%. This is, these guys are not, in and of themselves, amazing, but that ability to just throw a lot of dice at the problem and statistically make 
a bunch of it go away is really powerful. This army can do a lot of mortal yes. wounds. If I really sat down and tried to, and once again, I was just playing with stuff I liked. Yes, same. Like I said, and even as I did the list, like, wait, I got Seleski and I got the two. No, I got to take out one epitome. In fact, I'm going to put in that uh, that mirror. that The uh, shard speaker? Yeah. yeah, Or the shard bringer, I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I'll throw in a, some demonettes, and I was thinking pain bringers because they seemed pretty cool. Or, um, but then I was like, eh, you know, maybe I throw in a couple of Slangor uh, fiend bloods in yeah. there. Just and here's the thing: even these guys, they're big old Slangor. They've still got only a five up save. They're still yes. kind of glass cannon Yes, but this army it excels in it's like I'm just going to throw a lot of mortal wounds here and there at you. Things are going to die, and, and that's fine because that means you can summon more things. Everything has to be a scalpel. Yes. In this in this, this army. This is not a hammer army. No, it's not because of that glass cannon. Now, you can throw a bunch of demonettes in, and they're going to do a, t- a bucket of dice 30, attacks and stuff. 30 demonettes can solve a lot of problems. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a hammer, but there's a lot of nail-looking things sticking out of the ground over there. You, Yeah. It, the, the thing, I think, with this army is you've got to watch and make sure what you're picking like you got to know what you're going to use it for, which yes. I'm terrible at. Which is why all of my lists are garbage. And mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah. I just want to take this because it looks cool and see yes. how it works. Same. I would totally have to like sit and play and refine and change up lists with this army. This this is an army where one mistake could cost you very poorly. And well, plus even in my list, as I realized, excuse me, um, I only had like I think. Nine units, yeah, and, th- and three or four of them were characters, yeah, so, or maybe it was ten units. Right there, it's like okay, um, I don't want to lose my characters now. If they're taking wounds and stuff, that's something. But the whole point with the with the depravity points, you've still got to make sure everything either got to take wounds, and you don't want to lose these models, right? So you're 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 you this. I just feel like this army. You got to play it. Smart. Very. I agree. You've got to really kind of know what you're doing and move it around, which is why I would be terrible at it. And I'm glad I don't. I. I. I'm, I even though I. I like the army. I like what's going on. I'm not very tempted to buy it. But that's only. I'm sorry. I'm yawning so much. It's just getting late, and I'm super tired. Um. It's just. This is totally. Sc- so why don't we talk real quick? You know what? I'm going to take one last break. And then we'll jump and then back we'll and talk about our lists for a little bit. Talk about your list because my list is garbage. I've already I mean, even my, told it. I, but I hate to, I hate to spoiler the next section. My list is also garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because we play what we like, and yeah. it's just playing for fun. I just want to play for fun. Um, I would actually like. Uh, in fact, uh, what we could do is put up on the Facebook page when we. I'd post, love to see some other people when we post the episode. See, yeah, yes. I'd like to see what you if guys are doing because I don't know what to if do. If you're with this army. if you're running this, if you have this new co- uh, this new battle tome. Help! Help! Help me and Dave do something good. Well, I'm or, not going to build this army, but help no. Jerry. Well, y- y- show us something good at the very least. I want to see what you're doing. Also, if you have any like cool models, show us that too. There you go. All right, we'll be back.
Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. We're back. We're back, and Jerry's going to tell us some of his list, and we're going to talk about what they can do. Yes. So, touching on what we talked about last section, I built these lists because I thought they would be fun, or I wanted to paint or collect the models mostly. I'm not good at the game, and I do not play competitively, so please don't try and bring any of these to a to a to a tournament or anything. These are these are not stuff for for Wapaka or anything. These are for a friendly game in somebody's uh, garage. Okay. So the the first uh, sort of list I did uh, was the Quivering Horde, uh, and it was a Pretender's War host. Um, it's a couple of two big blobs of demonettes, both 30 of them, um, and some Blissbarb archers, as well as two units of three fiends and uh, the Epicurean Revelers uh, War Scroll Battalion and I brought in uh, 15 uh, Chaos Warriors from the um, Slaves to Darkness rulebook. Okay. Uh, just for something so- something that has a decent armor save essentially <laughs> that can <laughs> make sure that at least the, uh, the demonettes are getting to the other side of the table where they can actually do something instead of just being immediately devoured by uh, somebody's shooting attacks because that is a, that is a concern. Demonettes are not particularly uh, particularly strong. And then for my sort of uh, general, I uh, I went with uh, I went with a, a, a caper secrets, just the bog standard one. Um, I gave it the uh, Craven Stare, uh, which is the um, uh, any unit that fails a battle shock test in six inches adds D three to the number of models that flee. Um, and I also did Inspirer. You can reroll battle shock tests for friendly pretenders units that are wholly within nine inches of this general. And then for the artifact of power, I I wasn't really sure. I was it, it would either be the mask of spiteful beauty or the pendant of slanesh, um, really just sort of depending. Uh, honestly, I, I I it will probably uh, excuse me, uh, <laughs> it it will probably be the uh, the pendant just because that D three. Um, that D three wounds healing is is really really key in an army where you you that that really does matter. Um, okay. 
so that was uh, for that. And you, basically the whole idea would it be um, really just one big blob of guys. Warriors in front sort of screening for the uh, the demonettes, fiends on either side. And the uh, and the the keeper secrets in the middle to just uh, buff everybody and just be able to get them across the table, um, and just get stuck in before that you can really start getting worn down from range, uh, and just do what Slanesh does best and and just wreck face with the the massive blobs of uh, of demonettes. That works. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> so the the other one I did was for the uh, God Seekers. It was the uh, Thundering Descent of the Darkest Prince. Um, we for I this is a essential. This is like uh, I guess technically a three drop. Um, we did for my general. I did the Bladebringer Herald on Seeker Chariot with the Speed Chaser, um, Speed Chaser uh, battle trait, uh, which lets you retreat and charge. And I, I'm sort of drifting between that and the one that gives you flight, just because okay, flight's really really strong um, with this. And then for the artifact, I did the uh, Lash of Despair. At the start of your shooting phase, you can re-roll a dice, or you can roll a dice for each enemy unit within six inches of the bear on a four plus that unit suffers one mortal wound. It's not great, but because the whole concept of this is to get stuck in and charge as much as possible, um, having stuff within six inches of you, uh, just that extra little mortal wound, it's 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 not something I'm going to be relying on, but it is something pretty nice. Um. And then I I took Sigvald for this one just because I he he also it sort of fit thematically you know uh, his sort of was introduced back into the mortal realms with the God Seekers and he sort of rules wise also uh, relies a lot on uh, moving and charging for for his abilities with uh, with shard slash and and uh, the damage deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of it was in the Seeker Cavalcade Battalion. Uh, in addition to the battalion itself, I also had uh, 10 uh, of the Hellstriders with Claw Spears for more going up against on you know things that are a little bit tougher that need a slightly, slightly harder nut to crack. And then uh, 15 of the Hellstriders with the Hell Scourges for some... Up and going up against more uh, chaff and and whatnot. Uh, two a unit of two of the seeker chariots, um, and then uh, five of the bliss barb seekers for some of the uh, for some of that r- range uh, capability. And because the bliss barb seekers, in addition to the models being great, their their shooting is 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 quite powerful. I mean, it's not it's nothing to sneeze at. Five isn't going to be you know deleting units, but it's it's definitely something you have to. Uh, that's you is going to have to at least be considered. Okay, and then to to round that out, I I, I kind of wanted to do just thematically more seekers. Uh, in points wise, I had room for five more seekers, but I also really wanted an excuse to put in a, a unit of the fiend bloods 
the, the <laughs> awesome guys and uh, you know keep them with uh with Sigvald um just because the the sort of similar movement have them really just help him get stuck in and make sure that nothing can 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 really kill him before he gets there which is something that is I mean that's that's a concern he's he is very very squishy yeah well my crummy list is 1990 points and as I said and I rewrote this on the commercial break because we were talking and I was like oh that doesn't work so I got Celeska one shard guy one epitome and one rapturous so I'm casting magic and I'm messing up other people's magic uh, I got two units of 30 demonets one unit of 20 demonets one unit of bliss barb archers 11 of them and then uh, I took the epicurean uh, battalion which gives, which is the one that you've got the four unit. I've got that works for all my demonettes, and that battalion, first of all, letting me drop all the demonettes, um, and that's the one where when you wound on a six, you just do a mortal. So it's adding to those mortal wounds, mm-hmm. and then I took the mirror, which we didn't talk much about, but I like the mirror, and that goes also with the other mirror. Yeah, the the endless spell mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it moves up to six inches and can fly. You drop it wholly within 18 inches of the caster, then you move it. Uh, if a unit makes a normal move within 12 inches of this model, it takes D3 mortal wounds unless it finishes that move closer to the model than it was before the move was made. It doesn't affect Slanesh units. Uh, after the model set up and after the mo- this model has moved, roll six dice for each hero within six inches of this model. Roll separately for each hero. For each six... That hero suffers a number of mortal wounds equal to the number of sixes that were rolled. So if you roll one six, you take a mortal wound. If you roll two sixes, that's two by two, so it's four. If you roll three sixes, it takes nine and so on. Um, I just like that whole idea of, hey, let's try to roll sixes and right. see what happens. Which, again, is that's Slanesh's number. Theoretically, you could get 60. You, 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 you roll... Uh, six sixes, and you can potentially be doing thirty-six mortal wounds, right? <laughs> Which, Which is, you're not going to do. But no, you you're know, not going roll, to. Yeah. But it's a fun. But it's, it's a fun thing, thing also to where think it's about. like I'm messing with your movement. If you're near yes. this, you're either going to take mortal wounds or you're going to wind up closer to this thing because right. it's drawing you in, and, and, and it causes you pain to move away from it. And 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 again, with an army that's so reliant on being able to control. The battlefield, that's a major, um, that's that's a, that's a very significant. I don't have many, like I said, I, I took four heroes. I probably could have taken three heroes. Um, I just, I, I, I tend to take a lot of heroes because depending on the, the uh, depending on the uh, battle, you know, the battle plan. Um, depending on the you know, what, what we're doing, you're going to need a few of them. I probably could have dropped the Rapturous and taken some more models, taken some other something else in the army uh, that would have given me 160 points. I could have taken a, another unit of archers. I could have taken yeah. a unit of uh, the Slangor fiends would have been nice. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe I drop the Rapturous since she does mess up the opponents. Like, if I know I'm playing against somebody who's going magic heavy. If you're playing I'd against want Realm Lords or something, but yeah. It, then again, five wounds with a five-up save. It, she ain't living that long, I mean, probably. And, and that's and that's kind of the problem with a lot of this is... E, e, 
you are not going to be able to get the drop on your opponent more than once. Once they figure out your trick, they're they're going to be able to respond to it a lot faster. Right. So yeah. So there. If I do that, if I drop the Rapturous and take a unit of Fiend Bloods, uh, and not that they're that great, uh, but I've I've got all these units of demons, demonettes. Um, but I just kind of like it. In fact, if I was smart, I would look at that battalion. I, I, I disagree that you say they're not that good. I think they're actually really strong. They they're can, potentially really they, strong. They can die really quick. Yes. But potentially no, put absolutely. A, throwing them against the right unit, absolutely. Uh, 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 like, and that's, you know, like the, that's... That's why you do them in 30, so they, because you know there's going to be a bunch of them that are going to bite the dust before they get to the other side of the field. But yes, the yeah. ones that do get there are they're gonna they're gonna mess some stuff up. Yeah, and uh, so what was the other thing I could take with the demonettes, hellflayers, chariots, or fiends? And I'm not interested in taking any of those right now. Um, but that, yeah, that's my that's my stupid list. Um, I'm just taking looking at it. This is this is to me. You got some Slanesh heroes doing their cool stuff, and you got a lot of demonettes because that's what demonettes. I mean, they're the that's, they're the backbone yeah. of the army. Hold on. Now I do have a question. We talked about this over the, over the on the break on the break, and I'm, I'm hoping that a listener might be able to help me because I don't know. So okay, the battlefield role is battle line for demonettes, but then for the Bliss Barb Archers. The Hell Striders with Claw Spears and the Hell Striders with Hell Scourges. It says Battle Line in Slanesh Army. Is this not a Slanesh Army? Like, I mean, there's Battle Line if a Lord of Pain is your general. There's Battle Line if you're a God Seekers. But Battle Line in Slanesh Army. Like, th- I thought this is a Slanesh. Oh my goodness. I thought this was a Slanesh Army. I mean, does it change from a Slanesh Army if I pick. Invaders, pretenders, and Godseekers? No, because it says it's a Slanesh army. So I don't understand. I, I, I don't I don't get I don't get what that means. Like I why would it say it over there instead of just being battle line? Um, unless it literally means that you didn't pick one of those. But but even even then, they don't lose the Slanesh keyword. They still have that. I right. I, I my Interpretation sounds as though I'm I, I have some sort of verifiable evidence. The what what that made me think was that that is for if you're taking them as like allies or something. But I don't think allies can Count. be. I mean, unless I mean, are you talking like what? What's the other Slane- There's not another Slanesh book. I well, I mean, if you're doing, uh, you can get things that have the Slanesh keyword if you're doing Slaves to Darkness. But is that a Slanesh army then? That's, I don't know. I don't think so. That's that's where I, I and I got confused. If anyone can help us here, um, because you know, I mean, if Alex was here, he would know the answer. Oh, I'm sure but he would know immediately. Here. But he is, and oh, he, so, he had like a life to go do. <laughs> yeah, I know. Great having yeah. a life, mm. um, but I, I think that's about it, isn't it? Like, I I really can't think of anything else that uh, I've had we a lot of fun talking on. about this. Yes. But we've been talking for several hours, and I kind of wanna, I kind of, I kind of, I gotta finish my homework and go to bed. <laughs> like <laughs> I've I hate been, to, so I have been up since about four o'clock this morning, and the caffeine's starting to run out. Yeah, so. yeah, same here. So. 
Okay, folks, um, I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope this has made you want to play Hedonites. The yes. lore, at least. And plus, there's so many cool models. There's so much cool stuff. This, model, this army kind of just hits all the right ways. I still feel it's a bit finessey. I still feel oh, it's if very you, much finessey. I still feel if you screw up, this army's going to just get deleted mm -hmm. because of the low saves. Mm -hmm. um, but outside of that glass cannon, if you know how to play glass cannons, this this... This is the canoniest and most yeah. glassiest, and the glass is just If you want a challenge, go for these guys. I mean, and I don't even necessarily just mean that on the tabletop, although that is important. I mean that in terms of painting and modeling and, and writing thematic stories and, and all that the awesome stuff that this hobby uh, lends itself to because there's so, so much room for that in this army. And I've still only got eight units. Like, I think I feel may maybe I need to take fewer demonets, get a few more units so I can summon some more stuff. I don't... Once again, you'd have to play this army to get that feel for it. Yeah, I don't definitely. know. I do feel like I'd be summoning stuff up. You oh, know, 100%. These guys are going to do damage, and they're going to They're going to do and damage, and they're going to take damage. Yeah, so maybe I can summon... Hey, you know, throw a couple of Keeper of Secrets up. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe I don't need that many. Maybe I don't need that many heroes, because I'll get a quick Keeper you of Secrets. You can get a couple out a there. A cheeky Keeper, right. throw it in there. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, next episode, I think we're covering Daughters of Cain, because Ooh. I've barely finished reading it. Why not talk about how dumb I am at it? Um... All right, so until next time, folks, I do want to thank uh, uh, all of our Patreon patrons. I don't want to forget to thank them, uh, those people who are part of the 1%. Our associate producers, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, AJC, Opie, and Big Jake. The executive producers, Colin Miller, Alex Graham. Our newest patrons, Graham Seabrook, William A. Scott, and Chad Strunk. Thank you all for becoming part of this 1%, almost 1% of the listening audience that makes this show and all the cool things we do on it possible. Thanks to our sponsors. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Jerry, for coming on and doing this and hanging out at my house for four flipping hours. It has been an absolute pleasure. I am glad. Yeah, I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. And we're so tired, now we're going to get the pain. I got you. All right, folks. Until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful will know no despair except in failure. <laughs>